From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Okay, seven minutes past the hour. I am playing today a little bit injured here. Uh... Probably around, I don't even know, um, 8 o'clock last night. All of a sudden I thought, ooh, this doesn't feel good. So I'm not sick, but um, or I don't feel sick. But something uh, has attacked my vocal cords. So we're going to see how this goes. Uh, I'm not even ruling out that I may have to shut it down. Because I've learned, this hasn't happened in a long time. I've learned that when this happens... You have to rest it. If you rest it for a little bit, you come back quick. And I I am pretty good after 31 years of knowing when you can push through something and when you need to just back off. So I don't really feel any vocal strain, but obviously you can tell. At least I can tell. uh, It's not right. How about this one? So we sign off last night at 6 o'clock. We're done this week for filling in, you know, for the uh, Fox News Radio National Programs. And I see that Joe Biden was boasting that he's Polish and he's Puerto Rican and he's he's everything, man. It is it is almost unimaginable what he's getting away with. Listen to this one. Quote, I was, as a young man, I was born in a coal town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Then when coal died, we moved to Delaware, to a town called Claymont, Delaware, which was a working class town. But everybody in town was either Polish or Italian. I grew up feeling self-conscious My name didn't end in S-K-I or an O, Biden said. He continued. But all kidding aside, the connection between, I was telling the president, the pride, the overwhelming demonstrable pride that Polish Americans feel about Poland and the role you are playing now. We are talking about it. It is extreme. It is. You would be. If you haven't seen it, you should come and see it. I I just read the words. I mean, this guy is... He's out of it. If he is not reading, it's very fortunate that in whatever condition he is in, that he can still sort of kind of read. Not well. He's absolutely terrible. And I think I have somewhere in here. Uh, Let's see. One post. Biden betrays the Puerto Rican neighborhood of his youth. Pines for Polish-sounding last name. This other fellow just wrote what Biden said about his name ending in S-K-I or O. Dean Kane, Superman, wrote, For those who haven't been paying attention, Biden is half Puerto Rican, half black, half Jewish, half Republican, half Polish, Half Italian and half coal miner. Oh, I got to write Dean Kane a text message. I know how to reach him. He's also, I'm writing this in, 
he's half truck driver, too. Remember? He said he drove the big, the big rig. I don't, I don't think Dean Kane left anything else out. Of course, he said he was some other person, you know, when he took that person's life, uh, taking that person's entire resume as his own. I think this is, um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dean Kane didn't write that whole post. Two of them are melded together. At Real Dean Kane wrote, I thought he was Puerto Rican and raised in a black church. Then this other guy wrote, for those who haven't been paying attention, Biden is half Puerto Rican, half black, half Jewish, half Republican, half Polish, half Italian, and half coal miner. And, of course, and half truck driver. Oh, it's just it's just incredible. Let's see this one. Biden's story about the people he grew up around changes depending on who he's talking to. Any of the fact checkers want to get on this one? It is true. If you think about it, this is why he's Jersey Joe, he's Scranton Joe, he's uh, Delaware Joe. This is true. Another person uh, tweeted, his meaning Biden's, his entire meeting with the Polish leader was a rambling mess. Another fellow wrote, Biden jokes to Polish president that he wants to add SKI or O to his name. Totally appropriate considering we are on the brink of a nuclear World War III. Dementia man is a global embarrassment. Let me move on to Pete Buttigieg. Because this guy, wow. So he's walking somewhere. He looked like he was in some kind of workout clothes or something. Casual clothes of some kind, because it was a close-up shot. And you hear the reporter say, are you going down there? Meaning to East Palestine. Buttigieg has his head down, and he says, um, that's him saying, um, um, yep, I am. And then earlier in the day, he said that he would go to East Palestine. He has plans to go when the time is right. When would that time be? Approaching three weeks. So finally, he admitted, quote, I could have spoken out sooner. And that's about the Ohio train derailment and the toxic poisons that have ravaged this small town of 4,700 people. You know, you think about it, I'm, I'm out of practice but I used to know exactly how many people lived in Ventnor. I'm trying to think. I think it, well, it used to be about eleven or 12,000 people. And about half were registered voters. So that was a number that I was interested in for many years, 6,000 or so voters. And, of course, how many of them you would need in order to win. So this is maybe a little more than a third of the size of Ventnor. Just to give you perspective, 
it's a tiny, quiet town that there's no way they could handle something like this. A toxic chemical spill of this magnitude? And Buddha judge does a disappearing act? Biden, who's around the world, but nowhere to be found? You know, I, I personally, I just, I believe there's a price to pay for this kind of thing. When you have terrible problems happening at home and you're not on top of it, the only saving grace they have, they're Democrats. If this were a Republican administration, can you imagine the suffocating harassment? And it would be earned that they would get from the Democrat media. But the Democrat media basically remains silent because they're in the tank. And then there were three entering the race for president of the United States as somebody that I, how do I put this? I casually know he has interviewed with us, I think three times, Vivek Ramaswamy, last name spelled R-A-M-A-S-W-A-M-Y. This guy is, um, he's impressive. I, I, I like him a lot. I like his views. I don't think he's presidential. I have nothing against the fact that he's 37 years old. Uh, You know, I'd like a little more experience. He is eligible. You have to be 35. He is a multimillionaire, a healthcare and tech sector entrepreneur. A lot of conservative views. I agree with a lot of what he talks about. And so he's the third candidate. Now, that he's, he wasn't even on the list, although I had heard that he was going to run. But he was not on the list that the media at large typically advertises. So this could be a very crowded, as crowded as 2016, easily. He said that we are in the middle of this national identity crisis where we have celebrated our differences for so long that we forgot all the ways we are really just the same as Americans bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. That's why I'm proud to say tonight that I am running for United States president to revive those ideals in this country. I think we need to put merit back into America in every spirit of our lives, every sphere of American life. I vividly remember interviewing him at the time of his book, Woke Inc., Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. So he was on what they call a listening tour the last couple of weeks, and he's now an official declared candidate. Then there were three. We'll be back. It's early in the morning. 
Fox News commentary. The left is canceling children's books again, and they aren't coming for the ones that contain soft porn. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Democrats just want to win the next election, and they're trying to do it with ceaseless money printing. They do not care if the value of your retirement is sacrificed. Hi, Stephen K. Bannon. It is critical to protect your retirement right now with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To learn more, get a free info kit on gold IRAs by texting the word SHELTER to 989898. There's nothing to buy and no obligation at all. Text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. As we well know, the triggered left loves to cancel historic, classic, and harmless things. And this time, they're coming after beloved road doll children's books, such as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, and Matilda. Sensitivity readers have determined certain passages in these classic novels to be, of course, racist, sexist, and insensitive to fat people. Road doll books have sold more than 300 million copies worldwide, but apparently, millions of people weren't aware of how problematic they are. These road doll literary works have not been eliminated entirely, but rather rewritten to be more politically correct. Oh, goody. This boggles my mind. So-called sensitivity readers are triggered by classic children's novels, but take no issue with the soft porn and LGBTQ grooming books slowly being introduced into libraries? We don't have a cancel culture problem in America. We have a cultural crisis and it gets more ridiculous by the day. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can watch my show Tommy Lahren is Fearless at Outkick. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Thank you very much. I'm going to try to do this once an hour because she certainly deserves it and uh, as her dad, it makes me feel great to say it. February 22nd, 1983, at 4.21 p.m., Kristen Hurley was born. And if you're on my Facebook page, a lot of people have already um, uh, left some nice comments and liked the post. We put up some pictures of Kristen from the time she was a baby until the time she had a baby and uh, even just about until the present. So happy birthday, Kristen. Uh, I remember today so vividly. I was a junior executive at the Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. Steve wins, not the um, the Tillman Fertitta uh, version. And I remember even then my job was trying to get in the way. Uh, a senior vice president of Far East Marketing uh, insisted on continuing to bother me hours before Kristen was born. And, and I said to this woman, I said, what's the matter with you? I said, do you, do you understand that, that my wife is about to have our child? I'm about to be a father and you keep bothering me? I'll never forget. It's part of the measuring that you do when you decide if you can stay you know, in an industry that you love. And I think it's a lot better now. I think there's a lot more balance. I'm not qualified to say that, but just in, you know, casual observation, it seems like you're allowed to have a life now. Uh, the first 10 years, you, you were not allowed to have a life. If you had a position of responsibility, you, I mean, you were supposed to basically have no personal life at all. So Margie was reminding me last night, and I still, it, it, I think there are certain things you don't forget because they're so outrageous that, like, there's no reason I should remember this woman's name. Uh, 
She was senior vice president of Far East Marketing. Three names she went by. I could say it now, but I won't because I don't want to exploit her. I don't even know. Um, I forget how old she was then. I don't know what she's doing today, if she is alive today, if she's still in the business today. But uh, just a real, just impersonal jackass that you don't mind when you're regular, you know, you're on duty and it's just part of the, the job and some of the people that you have to work with had no problem with it. But when I told this person once that, and I think it was called the Atlantic City Hospital then, I said, I'm at the, I'm at the Atlantic City Hospital. And I said, and you keep calling me. And I remember in those days it was pagers. So I'm getting beeped by this lunatic. Three, at least three times. So finally I said, uh, this is the last time that we will be speaking today. And that was that. I don't, I don't think she called again. So I, don't, I won't forget that. Uh, I remember um, the miracle of watching Kristen being born. And anybody out there that's been there, wow. I mean, it is just... It's so emotional. It's so powerful. You just you can't be, you just can't believe it. You know, here's this baby, and I'm counting fingers, I'm counting toes, and I'm looking all, all all over, and just amazing. So, how many times have we said how precious life is, how fast it all goes, how we can't mark time, we have to make a difference, and just to not take anything for granted. I can't even process. I'm at a total loss for how this could be 40 years. I don't feel 40. How did this happen? And it goes that quick. So I pretty much, I I talk to my children, I can't say every day, but I would say at least one of them, and we have three every day. And usually I try. You know, make a quick call. Yesterday, I, I was on the air live in the afternoon. Maybe you heard it, heard it. Did you hear that big explosion that was masquerading as some kind of thunder? But it was just a like a concussion blast. So I'm here in the studio. And I'm not on a break. I am. I can't remember if I was doing a monologue or interviewing a guest, one or the other. And all of a sudden, boom. So Kristen called. I couldn't pick up. I was live on the air. So on the next break, I called her. And she said, did you hear that? I said, did I hear it? I said, it, it shook the place. And it reminded us, uh, Kristen and Noah, when Noah was a little baby, Noah wasn't even one year old. So it's probably about 14, almost 15 years ago. I'm in another section of the house. Kristen, Noah, and Margie are in the living room. And all of a sudden, boom! And I can't even do justice. This was similar to that. And she said the same thing, Kristen. So I was calling Kristen yesterday because it's her last day at 39 years old. And we were talking about that. And she's very, you know, she's very 
cool about it all. You know, she's not concerned about being 40 or anything like that. But I was just, you know, saying, hey, you know, talking to you when you're 39. And that explosion yesterday, I haven't heard something like that since the other one I'm telling you about. And this one that that happened 14, 15 years ago, our next door neighbors, every appliance in their home was completely blown up. Every TV, range, dishwasher, microwave, everything. They had to replace everything. We were very fortunate. Now, the lightning hit an oak tree on their property, very near our property. Pieces, it hit it so hard. Pieces of the oak tree flew in the air and landed over our fence, six feet high, and in our yard. We were finding the pieces of this explosion. We were very fortunate because John Raphael had installed, this was something that at that time, I don't know that it was absolute brand new cutting edge, but he put, see those power strips that that has circuit breakers? Ah, You can get them. And some of them today are better than ever. But those little tiny ones with the little, you hit the reset button and the little red light, it's on. That's not, that's not where it's at. John put on, and you have two. When it takes one hit, you still have one more, and then you've got to replace it. He put a circuit breaker on our electric panel box. We didn't take the hit. We didn't lose our appliances. Now, it actually hit on their property, but, I mean, we were right next door. That's that's as close to anything that I know ever being hit by lightning. And the explosion that it made. Noah did one of those silent cries when a child is, they, they're so upset that uh, nothing comes out. And then all of a sudden wailing. It was, it was terrifying. I mean, it, it literally felt like a bomb went off. The house shook and rattled. That's how powerful lightning is. If this had struck a human, it, it would have demolished you because you know how hard oak wood is and what it did was unbelievable. So yesterday, hours before Kristen turned 40, we had our second concussion bomb experience together. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Yeah, it's still me. 33 minutes past the hour, three stories. Let's do it. Further retaliation against an Atlantic City whistleblower. We'll be talking more about this in the next hour. Utterly disgraceful. Read all about it. Big news regarding Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson, who will be joining us at uh, 8.05 this morning. And Margate Stephen Cookie's Restaurant will be doing a one-day takeover of a Philadelphia restaurant. We've got the story. Check it out. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Our wild week of weather continues today with chilly temperatures and our next storm system. That'll produce some pockets of rain around midday, otherwise cloudy and chilly, high temperature 44 degrees. One more push of showers coming tonight after midnight. Fog is likely as temperatures rise from 40 to 50 and then 70 tomorrow, a warm day. It'll be partly sunny and dry. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's Talk Station. Thank you very much. Great one. I don't get a chance to listen to the great one very often, but when I work for Fox News nationally and I do the Guy Benson show 3 to 6 p.m., I'm driving home, captive. And, of course, I have WPG Talk Radio 95.5 on in my car so I get to listen to Mark Levin on my ride home uh, when I do this work. Uh, did it yesterday, did it um, the day before. And the reason I bring up Levin, uh, I was going to bring him up anyhow, but obviously he was just bringing us back in from the break. He's the only other talk show host in America, other than us, that I've ever heard mention how the American Navy has been depleted under Obama and now under Biden. We had something like 600 worthy, incredible vessels. It's down to like 300. And Levin also is on top of what we are on top of. I'm telling you, we're the only two. Maybe Hannity has done it because it's something crazy. A lot of things Hannity says, I say, and I know he doesn't listen to me and I don't have a chance to listen to him. But when I hear these commentaries, he does, and I just know uh it's it's incredible we think alike so levin is talking about how china is is now the biggest you know largest navy in the world it's true we were and we should be so we got to pay attention to this stuff and let me feather to this every time that i see a victory that's worth reporting i like to share it with you and i always ask can we bottle this and re-employ it when and where needed. For example, if you haven't heard of this, you'll hear about it now. The United States government, with taxpayer dollars, they were funding a group, an alleged not-for-profit group, that supposedly is helpful with disinformation a disinformation governance board, to be specific. This group was either called Disinfo Index or something like that. They were actually getting conservatives defunded, whether setting them up, setting them up to lose their advertising, running information about them to different people to run them down, this is such – what I'm getting at is they got exposed. This is why it's so important to expose liars and bad actors. You've got to do it because the State Department cut off the funding that they were doing. Everything this administration does is crooked, dishonest, deceptive. 
Remember, they were going to have a um, a whole disinformation governance board. They were going to get to decide what's disinformation. How scary is that? Look back in time. Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda. It was disinformation if you said it was real. Many of the things said about COVID-19, about natural immunity after being infected, many believed was as powerful or more powerful than the vaccine. It made sense to me. It's always that way. But it couldn't be this time. They got to control what was disinformation. So much that was written off as disinformation is now absolute truth. But it was then as well. So this is a big, big victory. Make no mistake about that. Cutting off funding to something like this that was going after good people in the disguise that the good ones are the bad ones. This is your introduction to socialism. We'll be back. Don't go away. Respectfully yours, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you. Ten minutes before the top of the hour, early in the morning on the job. John Devlin from the Atlantic City Board of Education will join us in the next hour. Uh, Breaking news there. Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Breaking news there. And John Walters, all about reverse mortgages in today's final hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. You know, because I've been very um, open about it, I've been very suspicious about the Democrats and how they handled the different activities of January 6th. Uh, that Nancy Pelosi had a video crew, her daughter, and they made a movie. Uh, just, I'm so suspicious about so much. Also, their decisions in terms of what they release to the public. They have kept so much video out of the, away from the eyes of the American people. Now the Democrats are flipping out because Speaker Kevin McCarthy has given Tucker Carlson exclusive access to January 6th security camera footage. So the liberals, the socialists, the whacks, they're going crazy. Like this is a bad thing. Transparency is a bad thing. They did a movie. They admitted it. They hired movie people. And it's just like their hearings. Everything was one way. No rebuttal. All Trump haters uh, on the panel. Well, the bipartisan January 6th committee. How do they say that with a straight face? It's disgusting. So they're going crazy right now. And get ready. Because I think it's going to be must-see TV. Whether it's Tucker Carlson on his um, uh, Fox Nation podcast that he does program or some of it on his show during primetime hours, we're going to see video that's going to be very interesting. And I think you're going to see 
you're going to see such things, I've been told, as police officers opening up doors to let people in. You know, you, I know what we've seen time and time again, those very compressed crowds and the, the stress and the angst and banging on the doors and all this different stuff. I've been very clear. I don't condone anyone that trespassed or any of the stuff that should not have happened. But I've always known that we did not receive balance on this. There was so much more. You know, you can make the worst of something look like that's all that it was. The, just the very worst of the worst. Another thing we have to do. Don't we have to find out why Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed? And they never talk about her. They talk about other people who died later. Nobody died on January 6th except Ashley Babbitt. And she was murdered. And they kept that person's identity secret. Nothing was ever done. Why was she shot and killed? No justice there. Nothing to see here. Move along. So why would they be so concerned that somebody saw video? And I can guarantee you, if one of the Alphabet Networks got access to the video, they wouldn't be saying anything. Nobody would be saying how dangerous it is. Oh, I mean, what's dangerous about that? Showing the American people what happened. You know, I made a prediction a long time ago, and it's really come true. The media does not show what happened on September 11th, 2001, only on September 11th. Because we were united. I so vividly remember, and either you agree with me on this point or you don't, and if you do, fine. If you don't, fine. But I know I'm right. That's the demarcation line. That's the last time that America was united. We have been the divided states of America ever since. Think about it. President Bush had a 90 or 91 percent approval rating. Democrats were crying in their milk. When is it going to be okay to criticize President Bush? They couldn't stand it. They could not stand that America was united. And it's for a good reason. When America is united, they lose. They can only win when they divide us. Not an opinion. It's a fact. And that's why we have been so divided ever since. And even on things that have happened over the past 20 years, and it's escalating and getting worse and worse and worse. There's not even agreement on things that we would always agree on because they simply refuse. Like if you ask somebody, was the economy better in the previous four years than in the past two years? Republicans and independents will largely say, yes, it was. And Democrats will say, no, it wasn't. And we know that's a lie. But that's where we are right now. Right now, you could propose something that Democrats have wanted forever. And they'll vote against it right now. That's just where we're at. We are just completely 
divided. And it's terrible. That's why every chance I get, you know, I complimented um, President Biden, even though I think that it was pretty disastrous his last couple of days, to be honest. But I congratulated him for going. At the same time, he's not going and nor his team uh, giving the proper assistance to East Palestine. How do you explain that for weeks and weeks? So I try to give credit when I can. President Carter was a terrible president, but I try to compliment him on his post-presidency. The other side, they don't give you a crumb, not a morsel. If your lips were cracking and you were so parched, they wouldn't give you an eyedropper full of water. Hey, you thirsty? Yeah, good. Good. Hope you die. I mean, it's just, it's just a terrible time. And I have to say, it's a very bad example for our children, for our grandchildren, who this is all they know. If you don't have a child that's old enough to know what it was like pre-September 11th, 2020, you don't know Jack. Because what has transpired since is an abomination, an embarrassment. But it's all in the name of winning at all costs. You know, I've lived my life, whether I was competing as a runner or in business or whatever, anything that could be measured by performance. I always wanted to win in the best way. I wouldn't want to win because my top competitor was sick and either ran sick or was so sick, couldn't run at all. That's not a win. These Democrats of today, the filthy ones, they want to win in the worst way. Destroy you. And it used to be you just whacked, you know, the candidate a little bit and you knew that the candidate's husband or wife, if, depending on male or female candidate, uh, they're off limits. And the children off limits. Nah, not today. Not today. They want to just whack the whole deal. Everybody. Because winning is all they care about. My my philosophy is if you win something in the worst way, you haven't won anything. It's hollow. It's meaningless. You win in the best way. It's nirvana. It's it's fantastic. And I don't know if we can ever get it back. The die may be cast. This may be the way that it is. Our next guest, John Devlin, kicked off of the MUA, a Marty Small gambit scheme, freak show, more retaliation that you can read about on the app and the website. We're going to talk about it with John Devlin next because no one does what we do. We are early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks for waking up early in the morning. A few clicks away from seven minutes past the hour uh, on the Hurley in the Morning program. Just a friendly correction. That exclusive regarding Denny Levinson is ours. And Denny Levinson has been the Atlanta County executive since the year 2000. Uh, That was incorrect in the... Uh, previous um, news report. Uh, He's been the county executive since the year 2000. Joining us on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline is John Devlin. Now, I I have been saying for a number of months now uh, that John Devlin is going to be taking a bite out of the taxpayers of Atlantic City's uh, heinies uh, at some point in time, whether the city settles uh, whether it requires a full a full blown trial, which I have no doubt, with the evidence that John Devlin has, oh my goodness, the punitive damages are going to be unbelievable. But this gang of of just political hoods, they they just don't they don't know when to quit. So they take John Devlin's municipal utilities authority appointment away from him. And remove him from the board where he had been serving as the president. Uh, there's all kinds of documented evidence that Marty Small is the ringleader of that. Council President George Tibbet, in a Hurley in the Morning exclusive on air, took to the airways of WPG Talk Radio 95.5 to say that, quote, we were lied to by Marty Small. We were lied to regarding John Devlin. And we owe John Devlin a public apology, quote, end quote. So what do they do? Now they're trying to trump up bogus ethics charges or whatever regarding Devlin on his board of education seat. I think what they're trying to prove is that they wield absolute power and that if you dare to expose them, which really all Devlin has done is exposed that there were sexual predators sexually abusing children. They don't have any hearings on that. But they want to pay an outside firm to help, I guess, try to drum Devlin out of the Board of Education before his term is over. John Devlin joins us now. They don't know when to quit, do they? <laughs> hey, uh, Harry, can I plagiarize you a little bit? Oh, please. Um, yeah, everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. Um, with absolute power corrupts absolutely, something like that. Yes, um, you just know, like that. Uh, we, we've seen this before, Harry. I mean, this is just another ploy by the Marty Small faction because they can't get what they want. They couldn't vote me out of office, so here's another ploy by them to try to remove me, but um, Harry, I, I say to them, and you know they're listening, because uh, one of the instances that they're upset about was your uh, re- investigative reporting on the 
high school basketball game that there was uh, numerous fights at, and the police had to be called in to break up the uh, the fighting and uh, clear the room. So, but notice they can't say the reports aren't true. They're just mad that the truth got out. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously they're they're listening very closely to your program. So I give you good, um, good. a lot of props for that. Good, it's good for the show. Um, yeah. So you know, moving forward, you know, obviously it's just another ploy. Um, it's spearheaded. It seems to be spearheaded by you know, obviously the Marty faction, but also uh, you know the president Shea Steele, who you know I think he has his own problems, and he should be you know tread very lightly on uh, you know those who uh, live in glass houses shouldn't throw, cast the first stone, something along them lines. But he's got a lot of issues going on, and if he wants to uh, try to um, anyway smear my record or smear my name, um, you know he's going to get exposed. So. Um, I say, hey, come one, come all, give it your best shot. I did nothing unethical. Uh, you know, they're upset because, one, Harry, listen, we, and I say it wasn't just me, we, other board members, you, um, we exposed that there was a, a predator in our school district that committed sexual assault on our children, and the thing was getting pushed under the rug. And it just so happened that the same predator was related to the superintendent of school now, and who was a priorly was a principal, and lived in the home of the mayor and the superintendent of schools. You can't make that up, Harry. No. And, and you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, it happened. But what I wasn't going to allow it to happen was that not, it wasn't going to get brushed under the rug. We were going to expose it, uh, make it transparent, and make sure you know we change policies and procedures so this never happened again. And, um, you know, they took they took uh, offense by that. And honestly, Harry, I could give a damn. You you know, we're here part of our duly elected position. And, you know, because you were elected uh, also is that our first duty is, is to protect the children, your health and welfare of our children, make sure they have a safe environment to, to learn in. Right. That didn't happen. So when they didn't when their poor leadership didn't do it. I stepped in as, you know, at the time I was board president. I stepped in and did the right thing. I, I called for an independent investigation, which, which, by the way, they never paid their bill and it was never finished. But now they want to pay an outside firm to come in and do an ethical complaint against me. Hey, John, let me ask you about that. The board, it's my understanding that the board, the Atlantic City Board of Education solicitor, cited a conflict of interest. Uh, do you know what that conflict of interest is? Is that because they were? Is there some somebody that you're already um, suing, or what's the reason for that? I, I I couldn't tell you. I don't have any ongoing litigation outside of uh, you know I'm suing the city, uh, uh, Marty Smalls and, and others uh, regarding my um, removal, illegal removal from the ACMUA. So actually, um, I, I I believe uh, you know the Riley and Riley law firm might have a you know be involved in that lawsuit or something. I wasn't a. I really literally walked in. I missed the committee meeting because, um, uh, you know, some people work nine to five and the committee meetings at five o'clock. So I missed the committee meeting, but I made it to the uh, general meeting. And um, it was, you know, I already got three phone calls saying what they were trying to do. So it was no secret. But, um, you know, I walked in there and then, you know, something to the lines of the vote was for to to allow the board to file an ethics complaint. Well, that doesn't even work like that. Listen, we filed ethics complaints. I've had other ethics complaints brought in front of the board many times as a board president, board member. Um, 
it has to do with an individual, not an entity. So this is all all news to me. I don't even think they know what they're doing. Um, you know, our solicitor couldn't you know, get away from it fast enough. I asked for a uh, explanation on what went on, and basically that vote was just to say, hey, you know, we don't like how he's acting or what I'm saying. They don't like what they're hearing, so they're going to file an ethics complaint. I mean, it's just, you know. <laughs> and And here I see on the agenda right before me, Dakotas, Fitzpatrick, Cole, and Giblin, LLP of Paramus, New Jersey, for legal services in the matter of the boathouse, effective October 1, 2021, not to exceed $40,000. What, what, what is that about? Um, we couldn't talk. I asked that question, Harry. Um, we, we couldn't talk about that for some reason. I believe he's uh, that firm is coming to discuss the matter um, at the next board meeting. That was what was said in public. So that's all news to me. I asked uh, how they they chose that solicitor, that law firm, and they said it was just chosen. No RFP, no RFQ. Jeez. It was just chosen by the former superintendent, which was you know obviously Barry Caldwell. So, which which is kind of comical because they're the same they're the same law firm that represented. The ACMUA against me. They're the same law firm that when Barry Caldwell had charges against them, he picked out of a hat to represent him. So, you know, it's just like deja vu all over again. Wow. We'll be right back. Don't go away. 16 minutes past the hour. John Devlin from the Atlantic City Board of Education. If you want to read uh, all about it on the app on our website, uh, is an article that we filed in the early 5 o'clock hour all about this. We'll be back with John. Right after this, it's early in the morning. Here's Sean Hannity. Your morning cup of Sean. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And this is where we now find ourselves, is that the United States is giving good money after bad. And with no intention, a best case scenario is they they fight to a tie. And this is the problem with conflicts historically that the United States gets involved in. If the United States is going to commit militarily to any conflict, whether it be a conflict to protect our own sovereignty or the sovereignty of another nation, and you're not going to commit the resources that would be necessary to win, then we really have no business getting involved in the beginning because there's no end in sight here. The conservative underground meets later today on the Sean Hannity Show. You can get windows worthy of a presidential suite without inflating your budget. Now you can transform any room with new window treatments from our friends at Blinds.com. Now shop huge discounts on blinds and shades and shutters and so much more. Plus you can rest easy with their 100% satisfaction guarantee. So shop Blinds.com President's Day Sale right now for up to 45% off everything plus door busters. Save up to 45% off site-wide now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's talk station. We have John Devlin with us. Uh, this is the morning after. We have it documented well on the app and on the website as well. If you'd like to check out the print edition of this. But as we interview John live here this morning, um, I'm struck by a few things. That they the audacity of them. They don't pay coaches. They don't pay the stipend. They don't pay the sixth period that they have people doing uh, all kinds of problems. You know, paying uh, who they don't want to pay. But they have these law firms ready to go to waste taxpayer dollars to potentially file ethics charges against you, John Devlin. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Harry. Um, you know, I think this whole um, last couple of years have just been so ridiculous. Um, instead of focusing on, you know, education and our children, it's more of a power grab. Who's the president? Who's the chairperson of this committee? Who's the chairperson of that committee? And in the meantime, you know, Rome's burning here, Harry. You know, um, it's, it's very public that we had issues in our schools. It's very public that um, violence, we have violence at the high school. It's very public that our numbers uh, are dramatically down um, and historically down. Let's go further. Um, from 2020 to 2022, we're 1,500, 1,600 students down at the high school alone. So instead of focusing on grades, attendance, you know, recruiting, retaining t- uh, teachers, retaining students, you know, this little political scam that's going to go nowhere, um, uh, because they don't like that I speak out against atrocities. And I'm going to continue to say that even if I'm not on the board and they, you know, they attempt to put some frivolous uh, ethical complaint against me, good luck. I'm still going to be outspoken. Everybody knows what goes on at the high school. Everybody knows what goes on at the administration office. So, um, you know, with that, all that being said, um, you know, we're going to continue what we're doing here. I'm not going to pay attention to we may want to put a uh, ethical charge. We're thinking about it. We're talking about it. Riley can't be involved. Like, yeah. and by the way, you don't need a lawyer to sign an ethical charge. I mean, these guys can't even, they have to hold their hand, you know, have their hand held even do, in doing what they think is right. So, uh, you know, Harry, it's, it's the same old, same old, unfortunately, at the school, uh, at our district. And, you know, we're going to continue to do what we've been doing along with you, Harry, um, keeping, keeping everybody up to date and transparent on what's, you know, ins and outs and what the happenings is going on at the high school and beyond. John Devlin, here's something else that I think is very important. You've had multiple children sexually assaulted. This is really serious. The district is going to be facing countless lawsuits, not just child number one, but others I've been told. You have all this stuff going on. And it is my understanding the last time I reported about this, the Atlantic City Board of Education, the Atlantic City Superintendent, they've taken no action whatsoever to revise your policies, to introduce, I know, things that you would ask to be done, have counseling available and all kinds of different things. They've done nothing, have they? Harry, they make it so non-transparent that it should be illegal. I called for an independent investigation. Uh, let me tell you something. You want to talk about uh, pushback. Shea Steele stood up there and, um, you know, called me a coward and, 
all these dams because why? Because we're trying to investigate, you know, making sure first and foremost to make sure that the children that were affected were properly treated and had support. And hopefully there were no other victims out there that yeah. were, you know weren't stated in their report. And John, uh, just to interrupt, Shay Steele should be ashamed of himself. You know, he comes from great parents, great educators. This guy should be furious that children have been sexually assaulted and abused. And instead, he attacks you. Shame on him. Yeah, he attacks. It, it is a shame. I've known him a great deal of time. And, um, you know, I, by the way, he didn't used to be like this. He was a good guy. Uh, this Jay Steele, I don't even recognize. Well, let me say this, uh, Harry. You know, he has a lot of vested interest. You know, he's conflicted on the Board of Education on voting on a lot of things because, you know, his wife is, is works for the board. He also works for the city of Atlantic City, who, by the way, his his appointing authority is Marty Smalls. I mean, you know, don't talk about um, some unethical stuff going down. I think they should turn that camera around and look at people like Shea Steele and others that are on that board that have family members working in very elite jobs, including his. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously anybody listens to the board minutes or reads the board minutes or comes to the meetings, you know, Shay and others, uh, 90% of the board has to be conflicted out on voting on a lot of stuff because they have Im- immediate family that works for the Board of Education. Yeah, don't, don't you need like the rule of necessity or whatever they call it, doctrine of necessity, I think it's called, because there's not even enough people to vote on the budget, is there? There's not enough people to vote for a superintendent um, and beyond. Correct, Harry. I, I would love if Senator Palestina is listening and others, uh, Guardian, Swift. I would love for there to be legislation that would prohibit this kind of nepotism. This this hiring of relatives and it's 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 exacerbated. It's it's on steroids times infinity in Atlantic City because the the small era is about Atlantic City being an employment agency to their family friends and when they run out of family and friends they're hiring ex-wives literally. It's terrible. Something's got to be done about this. You shouldn't be able to serve on the board if you can't vote. So if your spouse has a job in the district, then you don't run for the board. You just I, I just think these conflicts all over the place, it's terrible that they're allowed to exist like this. Uh, I agree with you, Harry. And you coined the phrase, um, <laughs> uh, they ran out of friends and family and they started hiring ex-wives. I mean, you coined that phrase. So <clears throat> and it's true. Let me, I want to take you back, Har. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this when, um, well, you are aware of this because you broke the story of when we had asked about a uh, alternative school and we were directed in three or four different spots. At the time, there was no alternative school. All the children that attended alternative school were being home instructed. Um, there was a big meeting in Galloway, which I attended on my own as a um John Devlin, civilian, and um, basically uh, Galloway is very upset because they were putting on alternative school in Galloway and not giving them any kind of uh, heads up on <clears throat> a lot of different things, traffic, security, fire, this and that. Well, if you recall that day, Marty Smalls had this big co- press conference, and I was like the key <laughs> subject. Chase Steele stood up in front of everybody, in front of his boss, Smalls, and said, 
I'm going to do everything in my power to remove John Devlin. That's on tape. I mean, if this isn't a classic tape, uh, tale of retaliation against John Devlin and a classic case of a whistleblower, because everything was fine. I was the greatest thing since uh, sliced cheese um, <laughs> prior to exposing this sexual predator. And ever since that day, Shea Steele and Smalls and that whole clan have been coming to get me. And even, listen, Harry, I, I got to say this, and I've never said this on any kind of a live interview or anything. I really think this is, um, I'm also being retaliated against because I'm a Caucasian. I'm the only Caucasian on that board. And it was almost unanimously voted against me. Even people that don't even know me, it just came on the board, they've been on the board a month, voted against me. Uh, voted to have an ethical charge against me that don't even know me, you know. So you know, I really feel as though um, it's almost like a reverse racism, and or I'm being. Let sick. me correct that. Let me correct that. That's one of my pet peeves in life. That is one of those things that people say all the time. Educated people, smart people. Uh, it's not reverse racism. It's racism. Racism doesn't go one way. It's not just racism because it's a white versus a black. It is ra- it's not reverse racism if it is a black versus a white. It is racism. I want everybody out there, if we learn any lesson today, if I teach anything today, it is that there is no such accurate term as reverse racism. Racism in all of its forms is just one category, racism. I'm not exploiting you, John, and I believe that. And let me tell you, if it was opposite, if seven whites voted against one black, it would be the end of the world right now. I believe you when you say that. I believe you. I'm um, very disheartened to say something like that. Right, but just in the future, if, if I could be Harry Hurley life coach, don't say anywhere in a court of law or in the public square I'm the victim of reverse racism. You believe that you are the victim of racism. And it's a big distinction with a difference. John, we'll be right back. Please don't go away. Atlanta County Executive Danny Levinson joining us in just over 30 minutes. It's a busy news day on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It is Harry Hurley, 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow. One is the item we're talking about right now, the further retaliation against an Atlantic City whistleblower who we reveal is John Devlin. Big news regarding Atlanta County Executive Daniel Levinson. We broke it yesterday in print. We will talk all about it coming up at 8.06. And Margate Stephen Cookie's Restaurant, excellent restaurant, by the way. They're going to have a one-day takeover of a Philadelphia restaurant. Read all about that. It's very cool. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. A change of pace from the rest of the week. As our weather turns chilly today, skies clouding up this morning, and we'll eventually see a bit of rain around midday. Look for a high of 44 degrees. One more push of rain showers coming late tonight. Probably some fog developing overnight with rising temperatures from 40 to 50 to 70 tomorrow. A warm February day, partly sunny and dry. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. March is early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM.
thousand. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five. No doubt, folks have been hearing my phone going just bananas all during this interview, and so many people, some very prominent, just all good people, writing how wrong this is, how terrible. You know what I keep hearing, John, whether it's at the city level uh, and in some of the interviews that we've done with uh, Council President George Tibbet, interviews we've done with you. At the common theme is no one can recall things ever being this bad before. People think it was bad when Bob Levy was there or and I'll tell you, I, and I really mean this. And the guy I'm about to mention got convicted of stuff. It was better when Frank Gilliam was the mayor of Atlantic City than with Marty Small. Uh, that's how bad it is right now. You've been around a long time, John, retired policeman, uh, uh, former, you should still be on, but former president of the um, Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority, the um, president and longtime 20-year member of the Atlantic City Board of Education. On a, I, I mean, a, a, a absolute serious note. Have you ever witnessed things this bad in terms of the government? And I mean at the city level and at the Board of Education level. Have you ever witnessed it this bad ever before? I don't think I've ever witnessed any government entity as bad and as corrupt and as unethical as as not only the city, but as the Board of Education. Um, it just seems like... You know, cover-up after cover-up, no transparency. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. Obviously, if there's something going on, they don't want their board to know, let alone, you know, the taxpayers and the community know. That that puts up a lot of antennas, but I've never seen, you know, a mayor, and you mentioned a former mayor, you've never, I've never seen a, a mayor of any town act as, as though, <laughs> you know, there's some kind of mafia you know, strong men, strong arming people. And let me tell you, uh, you know, people are, are scared. You know, I get calls all the time of people being scared of their job, scared of retaliation. Well, Harry, I'm here to tell you I'm not. Let them come for me. I'm ready. And listen, I already have a lawyer. <laughs> I'm already set up. I already have a lawsuit. The lawsuit was already presented. So if you want to add to that, come jump in. The order's fine. I'm well, ready. John, they added to it last night. This this adverse action that they're threatening you with last night, uh, what what would justify any of that? That you have First Amendment rights, uh, they can say we don't like the way you represent the board or whatever. I don't remember you ever saying you're representing the board. Uh, anytime I interview you, you're representing John Devlin. I'm, I'm representing John Devlin. I'm representing a taxpayer. I'm representing a father. I'm representing a community leader. So for them not to like what I have to say, oh, well, <laughs> good luck with an ethical complaint. I know it's unethical. I know it's ethical. I know what I can say. I know what I can not say. I've been around a long time now. It's not like this is my first year and I'm a great one. I know what's allowed to be said. And, you know, they got to be careful. Ethical complaints go both ways. And if anybody's acted unethical, it's been this administration, not only the mayor, but also the superintendent and her cabinet or whoever you know, make some of these decisions. And I'll say this, Harry, I'm not a guy to bluff. I'm not one to say, you know, say things and not do it. 
You can say a lot about John Bevel, but those two things you can't. So I'm here to say I will definitely add to this lawsuit. I already have two phone calls in and two text messages to my lawyer since last night. Um, we're ready. So if they want to try play these games, I'm 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 fair gamer. The lawyer's already paid for. Uh, you know he's on board already. He knows the players. He knows what's going on. Let's rock. Go ahead. Good luck. So no question about it. You're adding people to your lawsuit against the city. Absolutely. Um, if this comes to fruition, whether it does or whether it doesn't, there's a lot of things going to be said. You know, like I said earlier, um, you know, Mr. Steele has has a lot of his own issues. He he should be concerned about. And they're going to start coming to light very shortly, especially now that he wants to put a target on my back. Um, you know, we're going to enlighten the community, enlighten some entities about some of his um, unethical deeds. And I'll say that kindly. And, and John, I will only say this about that. You and I have not talked about any of that. Independently, information has been provided to me about Shea Steele that I cannot reveal at this time. And the reason I say that, I'm not being secret squirrel, I've got to be able to prove it. It is so explosive in nature that it's not fair. I have to prove, I have to be able to prove that which I have been told. But if it's true, oh my goodness, it's a um, it's a very big problem. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. He, he was a nice young man. Uh, I knew him when. I think his parents are fantastic. I, ju- I just don't know what happened. Uh, but this version uh, of Shea Steele... Uh, is is just awful as the president of the Atlantic City Board of Education. And even that, even that was creepy. It was going to be you, and they found a way to not count somebody's vote, but y- yet you have Councilman Tibbet every time I interview him saying there's somebody on city council that doesn't live uh, in uh, Atlantic City, but because that person votes the way that the, the, the organization wants them to, that person's fantastic. This is wonderful. Uh, oh, but but the one that was voting crazy. for you, they, they had to stop the presses, put the brakes on, stop him from voting, even though that person was at the dais. How do you stop a board member from voting? You want to challenge them later. So you got you got cheated out of that, John. It's crazy. You just brought up a great point. Um, you had. Yeah, absolutely. Got cheated out. I was definitely the board president. Um, uh but, you know, they use their, their connections. And, and let me say this. They have a lot of resources. There's a lot of capital with the small regime and others. You know, there was private investigators running around the city chasing down board members at my, in my community looking for me. Of course, I can't find anything wrong with me. But they would chase people down. They put their pit bull. They get Riley and Riley involved. She wrote a brief that was worthy of something read at Congress. I mean, this is the kind of resources they have at their disposal. You know, the mere, you know, the mere board member doesn't have those kind of resources. And you see them resigning because they can't, you know, afford to represent themselves. And, you know, this is a dirt, this is a, the, the money out of their pocket. This is money out of the city's budget, the school board budget to use, you know, entities like Riley and Riley to do investigations, to use private investigators to chase people around Atlantic city. Look, um, Let's get the final break in so we can have a nice quality segment to close out the hour. And this is the filthy dirtiness of it all. They actually get to pay all these people extra money. Like when Devlin was brought up on these trumped up charges and George Tibbet has confirmed everything. They were lied to. It never should have happened. John lost his MUA seat by one vote. It never would have happened. 
if they knew what they know now. George Tibbet has gone public and said we were lied to by Marty Small, but they actually get to pay these friends and these people they're involved with big money to do these things. It's it's it is insidious. As rotten as it gets, and this much I know, they're living high. What's the expression? Little pigs get fed, big big pigs get slaughtered. Uh, they think they're on top of the world. They're like James Cagney. Top of the world, ma! And then, boom! He only thought he was at the top of the world. It's all going to come down. I just can't tell you the date. This level of insanity cannot and will not continue. It's... It's on parade. It's starring now. But we've covered it all. And we've told you each step along the way where things are. This is a crazy moment. And, I mean, it will be written about as an absolute bizarro world moment in Atlantic City history. It does not have staying power. And it will come, it will come tumbling down. You will see. I just can't tell you the date. Mark Levin. But I'm sick and tired of America being treated like it's not the land of opportunity. Oh, woe is me. They're holding me back. Everybody with a chip on their shoulder. Nobody's holding you back. Maybe you're just a damn loser. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are visiting at 51 minutes past the hour with Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin. Your Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson will join us after the top of the hour break. And our good friend John Walters, all about reverse mortgages coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. A busy day here in the People's City Hall. And again, we're a universe of one. No one does what we do. It's amazing how much corruption there is, how many horrifically bad decisions are being made, the employment agency that they're turning the city of Atlantic City and the Board of Education into. And I believe we're the only member of the media that reports about it. I understand, you know, the the um, classified ads and, and all of that, uh, but I don't respect it. So in any event, John, let's, uh, let's make it count here. We've got about eight minutes left. When do you expect uh, movement in terms of your litigation? Because I think part of the healing is going to be when you take a giant bite out of their asses and somebody pays for this retribution that's been going on, this retaliation that's been going on. And I also believe it will inspire others to come forward. I, I, I believe there is a lengthy class action lawsuit just waiting to happen because there are a lot of people that are being retaliated against. Uh, I, I would just tell people they're more afraid of you than you are of them. You just don't know it. Uh, they know what they've done. They cannot sustain scrutiny. I believe your case is going to just blow the lid off of all kinds of stuff, John. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I feel that way. And let me just add to this to you, Harry. You know, the, the, my lawsuit's been... Uh, progressively growing what happens is you know when you serve when you sue an entity a government entity you have to lot so much time in between every 
part of your lawsuit. Uh, you know, there was a filing period, and then there was actually when they served the lawsuit. So, it, you know, because- and initially you have to do the tort claim notice because you cannot sue a government entity without first doing this notice of tort claim. So you have to start there. So there's a process, correct? Right. So everybody at this point has just been served as early as two weeks um, with the full law, lawsuit as early as two weeks ago. So my my lawsuit is progressing. And, you know, stuff like this is going to add to it. And let me add to this. Uh, you want to talk about unethical. I lost by one vote. You have a board. You have a councilman, Councilman Zia, Muhammad Zia, or whatever his name he goes by, whatever address. He doesn't live in the city of Atlantic City. It's been proven time after time including himself, that he's being blackmailed to say certain things or he's going to get exposed by the Marty factions. You know, Councilman Zia doesn't even live in Atlantic City. So that you want to talk about unethical, how's he even voting on matters with the city of Atlantic City? Promotions, lawsuits, legal lawsuits. Well, he voted for who the president of city council is. How unethical is that? You know, when you put your finger at somebody, Harry, you have to understand there's three fingers pointing back at you. And I think this is a, a prime example of that right there. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, I have a, you know, a lot more to say. And, you know, obviously me and you will be talking. But, you know, every day something new comes up. And um, I, I want to say I was blindsided, but I really wasn't. They're frustrated that, you know, information, transparency is getting to the community. And they're getting they're getting pushback and they're getting flack for it and they don't like it and they you know they they don't like that you know there's bad news out there oh give us some good news to report harry i think you and, and by the way uh they're all mad at you for my last report about the um the fight at the atlantic city uh and atlantic uh, city institute of technology they're all mad about that that was apparent that i had the opportunity to talk to about that, that reached out to me because they knew they could trust me. And that was from the parents' perspective of what happened to her children and how they were treated. That was, you know, that's what that was. Uh, they, they don't seem to want to let anything get out. They get upset if you print that they're not paying people on time. Uh, but... Let's not let the record go unnoticed. They make sure they get paid on time every time, don't they? Oh, you bet you. You bet the farm on it. And I think they forget, Harry, that you have hundreds of you know people coming to you with information. Every time you write a story, they you know I come to the board meeting. You have the monitor telling me, you know, telling the board, you know, pointing their fingers at the board. They're really trying to point it at me, thinking. Let's just clear the air right now, Harry. Am I your only source in the ACBOE? Am I the only source that comes to you with every every report, every story you write? Is it coming from me, Harry? Because just to clear the air with the community, because everybody thinks it's me. You have hundreds, if not a thousand, um, and this goes back many, many years or decades with you. Anytime. The answer to that is uh, I have many sources. You are not the only source. I have many. And the articles that I've written prove that the last parent gave us permission to print her name. So that's not John Devlin. And we are totally transparent whenever John Devlin is involved because there are quotes and your name are on those quotes. So the ones that are not being transparent, it's kind of hilarious that they're accusing someone else of not being transparent when the exact opposite is true. But it's in, but is in keeping with this whole 
situation. Uh, but I really believe this. The punitive damages that will ultimately be awarded to you are going to be massive in my estimation. I've already received text messages this morning, people that want to be the captain of your yacht. Uh, you're going to have that nice basketball court. Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of good things coming your way. You deserve them all because you've been injured. You know, you worked your whole life. You have the reputation of being a retired policeman. You were a law peace officer, police officer, and they're besmirching your reputation by removing you unjustly from the MUA, making you appear to be a wrongdoer when they are the wrongdoers. And then you have the council president, George Tibbet, backing you up that they were completely hoodwinked and lied to by Marty Small. You've got it. It's 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 over. It would literally take corruption at a level that I don't believe exists for you to be denied. And it's going to be be out of their reach. It'll be beyond their control. It'll be a judge, a jury. Uh, they're going to get smoked. And then you have this on top of it. Uh, it's going to be massive. And why I'm bringing it up, not just that you're going to be a multimillionaire, because you're going to be, but it sends the message. Punitive damages, ladies and gentlemen, are so that bad actors do not do this ever again. And I'm hoping, much like a former police chief was held personally accountable by Willie Glass, I hope some of these people personally have to pay, John. I, I wanted to add that, Harry. Um, you know, this lawsuit's not only going to include the government entities. They're going to start uh, turning into punitive. You have entities and people like Shea Steele and others that want to badmouth me and make up lies about me. Well, there's going to be hell to pay. You, and- you know what I just found out? I didn't know this. Small did it and the other small did it. They both got rid of Comcast filming the meetings for both the Board of Education and the city. How about that? How about that? Then when you go to these uh, paper mache videos they have, there's always like muted and you can't hear. Just happens to be like really important parts. I'll tell you, it's it's getting crazy. John, to be continued. Great to visit with you. As always. Thank you, Harry. God bless you. And ladies and gentlemen, read the article. It's up on the website and the app. Atlantic County Executive Dennis Levinson is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. A few clicks away from seven minutes past the hour. Thanks so very much for waking up early in the morning. Thank you for all the feedback on the John Devlin interview. And I will be writing everybody back uh, as soon as I get off air this morning. A lot of feedback on the previous hour. And there's going to be a lot of talk about this hour. I'm going to call a point of personal and professional privilege Because to be able to break this important news item yesterday on the digital platform of Town Square Media, Atlantic City, and now to be able to conduct the interview uh, is very meaningful to me. And beyond that, more important than that, you know, it makes me happy, but more important than that, because I've commented for many, many years how important Dennis Levinson is 
in the position of county executive. The vultures are always swarming. They, they want that spot so bad I can't even verbalize it. I can't, I can't overstate how much they want that. They want the 90% high of bonding capacity because Levinson has been so frugal with the taxpayer dollars. They want control of this county, not in the best way, but in the worst way. So joining the program is our Atlanta County Executive. He's been the Atlanta County Executive since the year 2000. And, you know, sometimes you, you think about, hey, somebody's been in there 22, 23 years, and before that, chairman of the Freeholder Board, now the Board of Commissioners, and you say, hey, you know, it's time for somebody else. But if you note, nobody says that in Atlanta County because Levinson continues to do the job like he's on 90-day probation. He didn't get comfortable. He doesn't mail it in. He gets it done. And we're the benefactor of that, all of us who pay taxes. And it isn't a mistake that the longest-serving Senate president in New Jersey history, Steve Sweeney, refers to Atlanta County as the finest-run county in the state. And now there are Democrats running county, as you can imagine, when he's at the coffee clutches, <laughs> he has to answer to that. Joining us now on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline is Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson. County Exec, welcome back. How are you, sir? Very well. I was uh, hoping that introduction went a little bit longer. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's all true. And I'm not giving away, if they didn't read it yesterday, I want them to earn it by listening right now. Will you be a candidate on November 7th for re-election for Atlanta County Executive? Yes. And tell us why. Well, I believe, as many other people believe, that this is... uh, the finest-run county in the state. And under those circumstances, why wouldn't we continue on? You know, I look at myself uh, as an employee, an employee of yours, an employee of everybody in the, uh, in the county, because uh, I run, I make promises, I said I'm going to do this, and they hire me at election time. Now, if you can equate that to an employee that you'd have in a retail store or somebody that works in your factory, have worked you for years, has come on time, has uh, been sober and honest and has put a good day's work in and you profited by them, why would you want to replace that employee? Well, I can tell you from Congressman Van Drew on down, when the article went out yesterday that you would be seeking re-election, uh, so many people were very, very pleased. You know, a lot of people assumed you're running for re-election. I've written a couple of pieces speculating that I believe you're running for re-election. But when you made it definitive and made it official, uh, it comforted a lot of people. people. You know what people want. It's, it's a wacky time right now. You're a history teacher by trade. I don't have to tell you that. Uh, th- there are many, many um, challenges right now. People are uncertain about many things. One thing we've never had to worry about is a wobbly Atlanta County government. It's always been steady, always been on time, on budget, uh, keeping, you know, funds available for a rainy day, not afraid to fight. I mean, you you look at personal expense. Your own son got retaliated against uh, because you took a position on behalf of the taxpayers when Atlanta County was going to get screwed in the payment in lieu of uh, taxes, the pilot. And you're still fighting that, County Executive. Talk a little bit about that. Well, it's the uh, never-ending story. Uh, of course, we had to go to court a few years ago to win. We won, 
That's $30 million for the taxpayers. And then just a few years later, you know, from one governor, from Christie now uh, to Murphy, uh, they're doing it, did the same thing. And now we're back in again. Now, it's, uh, it's just unfortunate that they don't feel that the Atlantic County taxpayer should be treated fairly. It's as simple as that. And they know it. You know, Chris Christie, he promised on videotape and uh, that this is what the Atlantic County taxpayer is going to get and uh, didn't do it. Just flat out didn't do it. And Murphy, at the same time, he was the one that settled the case uh, over the pilot. And then, of course, for whatever his reasons are, he decided that uh, the new pilot's going to come through. It's it's terrible, terrible legislation, and uh, the unfortunate part about it is uh, it passed, you know, during a lame duck, uh, and, you know, it just uh, hurts the taxpayers again. You know, and being successful, you know, when the state says, gee, Atlanta County is in great shape, they have a great surplus, it's run extremely well, they've got uh, a lot of things occurring that are going to benefit them, you know, they can afford it. But why should we take it on the chin? The casinos can sure afford it. So why in the world shouldn't they pay their fair share? Because they were uh, crying uh, uh, poor mouth. Well, and, and I would only echo, and I know you've said it in, in so many words many times, you don't get punished because you do a good job. You, you earn what you earn on the merits. I mean, what, if it was a poorly run county? And we were hat in hand. You would get what you had coming, but but since you're well run, you can you can fade this. You can you can afford not to uh, to have it. That 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 doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But I mean, they bullied the the casinos. Look, you have to understand when you meet your match. These guys in the casinos are brilliant, and they know what they're doing. They deal in billions of dollars. On a, uh, on a weekly basis or, or even less. And under those circumstances, you know, we have people that are legislature or governors, whoever else they are, you can't compete with them as far as their industry. They were told that, gee whiz, if this pilot doesn't pass, we're going to have uh, at least three casinos uh, close. One of the casinos that they always seem to mention is, is resorts. You know, nobody told resorts they weren't successful. Nobody told resorts they weren't make, breaking records. They're not closing. The uh, uh, Bally's isn't closing. They just put millions in there to uh, to renovate it. So which casinos are they speaking of that aren't making any money? I know some of them make less money than others, but I know, uh, you know, corner bodegas make less money than others. So to take that away from everybody else to give that break and every time you pick up the newspaper, casino profits have continued to go up. So let them pay their fair share. And I want them to survive. I want them to thrive. We are going to step aside for just a few minutes. The county executive has put some time aside uh, for this interview this morning. So we're going to um, uh, enjoy having a quality long-form interview. A lot of ground to cover. When we come back, I want to talk about, because it's not gotcha journalism or anything, I want to have a great conversation about how well run this county is and why is that the case what what has been done over the many years that we consistently have uh, a stable playing field if you will low taxes 
stable tax rate. What is the secret sauce? What's the magic of being able to do that? There, there's an old expression, you can do something once, and then you get asked, well, you know, how are you going to do that again? And how do you make that repeatable to do it again? And after that, again and again and again. I mean, when you look at what I do is I look at things as dispassionately and objectively as a human as possible to be able to do. And I look at audit after audit that is pristine. And keep in mind, it's not like they're paying their brother Vinny, you know, to cook the books. I mean, they have um, the obligation by law. They, they switch out the auditors every certain period of time that's required. It's different people that are looking at the numbers. How does Atlantic County continue to perform at this high level? And that, that's been through in your time alone, multiple recessions, a great recession, which in our case was a, a really a depression because we had the highest home foreclosure rate in the entire country. We had the highest uh, unemployment rate in the entire country and the threat of North Jersey casinos. I and mean, we, had, we had all kinds of storms brewing. How have you been able and your team, because I know you credit the team, to be able to do this year in, year out, and keep it going the way that you have much more with Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson. If you missed the first segment, catch the podcast when we up upload it later today, you can download it and catch the county executive announcing that he is a candidate for reelection on November 7th. I don't even and you know, my hearing is very good, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even hear a whisper about a Democratic challenger for Levinson. They were waiting to see if he was going to retire champion and that it might be an open seat. Then the line forms at the rear. That's not the case. We'll be covering it all. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. 23 minutes past the hour. If you're just joining the program, uh, we have Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson, who has officially declared that he is a candidate for re-election. If my math is correct, I know that he has been our county executive since 2000. So I guess this would be, and it's already unprecedented, but this would be uh, furthering that an unprecedented sixth term as county executive, and then, of course, uh, time spent as a Atlanta County freeholder, Atlanta, Atlanta County freeholder board chairman for a number of years, and at the local level before that uh, in Linwood, I believe. Dennis, in terms of your philosophy of governance, how do you describe your fiscal policies, uh, your commitment to low debt, and keeping the tax rate stable? Harry, that's a good question, and uh, you know you attribute it to uh, first of all common sense. You know you use the brains God gave you, and that doesn't seem to be occurring uh, in too many places right now. I, uh, it just uh, baffles me what's going on, not just in the state of New Jersey, but in the world. It's baffling, and it's inexplicable. If you talked about something like this uh, years ago with the woke generation that's happening, having a an, an, another, we're involved in another unending war with no idea how we're going to get out of it. And it's how does this continue to happen? It happened uh, in Korea. We figured it'll never happen again. It happened in Vietnam. We figured it'd never happen again. And once again, we're in a 
and it's, it pulls at your heartstrings that this is occurring. And should we help or shouldn't we help? But how do you get in this position to begin with? Mm. You know, the idea when you shoot your mouth off as a leader, which I see, think I am in Atlanta County, and, you know, if you're a national leader, when Joe Biden said, hey, look, you can have a piece of this, uh, the Ukraine, but you can't have it anymore. That- yeah, you can, well, yeah, I'll tolerate a minor excursion or incursion, rather. And and it does happen, and, you know, the war with Kuwait. Yeah. When the the president said, well, you know, uh, he gave them the idea that Kuwait wasn't important to us. We're in another war. So to answer your question, I guess it's to have the right people around you. You know, I don't believe in Washington right now. Uh, you know, he picked a bunch of amateurs in the State Department, the Defense Department, and you got these yourself in this mess. Now how do you get out of it? I don't know. You know, you be a picture once again. People hanging off the uh, the helicopters as they're leaving, and uh, what's the end result? You have to ask. But uh, it's just a sad, a sad situation how it's going on. And uh, here you have a little oasis, a breathing room here in Atlanta County. This little section of the earth, we don't worry about it. We improve it. And look at this, Dennis. You, you how do you explain? It's not your job to explain it, but how should people look at when they see the annual budget of the county of Atlantic is less than the city of Atlantic City is less than the Atlantic City Board of Education? How is that even possible in any real world? That's crazy. Um, All I can do is tell you that uh, a man has to know his limitations. I believe I have a staff around me, which is the finest uh, in the state, if not anywhere, I mean, the uh, the likes of Jerry Del Rosso and Bonnie Lindau and Diana Ritawa, uh my chief of staff, Linda Gilmore. These are the people that that make it happen. My counsel, Jim Ferguson. We all work together. We all have one common goal. And we don't ask for anything except to, to get the very best we can for the people we represent. And we fight for them. I fought Chris Christie over this damn pilot. A Republican. And uh, I'm fighting Murphy now with it. You know, um, my wife says to me, you know, we stopped talking about that pilot. Nobody knows what it is. So, but basically it's this. If you wonder when you hear the thing pilot, ladies and gentlemen, it means this. The county received $5 million less this year than we did last year because they passed this new pilot for the casino's benefit. So they could recover from the pandemic as if other businesses didn't. So they, uh, they made it sure that the casinos got $55 million. Out of that $55 million, $4.7 million is ours. And that's why we're fighting. And, and you know, Harry, when I was a teacher in Northfield, I'm going to refresh a lot of people's memories. You and I teamed up. Ooh and went to those Board of Education meetings in Northfield. I worked in Northfield. At least you could go on a radio station, report what you saw. I had to go to work the next day and beg them not to put that school at the corner of uh, between Cedar Bridge and Mill Road. And uh, we fought tooth and nail to keep it out of there. And it doesn't a day go past that people don't complain about the uh, the traffic jams and uh, the confusion and the congestion outside in that intersection. 
There was all that room. I remember it so vividly, Dennis. And you're listening to Dennis Levinson, Atlanta County Executive. And when he was a history teacher, there was a line to actually waiting lists because so many people wanted to be in his class, parents and students. Uh, really um, quite a compliment. The, um, the land across from Birch Grove Park, they would have been right there. It would have been fantastic, much less densely populated. I don't think it would have hurt Burton Avenue at all or that area. I think it would have been fantastic. You've got the Yale School right down the street from it. It would have continued like an education-type footprint. would have been terrific. We could not – we couldn't win that one, Dennis, and we knew we were right. And, of course, it opened with the mold and all the problems, and it was just a disaster. Uh, but they, they actually put the school exactly where they shouldn't have put it. They found out that we were right every day at 8 o'clock in the morning when you're trying to go to work and parents are trying to drop kids off. And remember, when it rains, it's exacerbated times the power of infinity. It's almost comical. But I do believe when I brought it up, and then, uh, of course, it was like a, a, a tag team. We went to the board meetings and said, what are you doing? You can't put a school here. And the arguments were so bizarre. Well, of course you can put a school here, if, yeah, but, and we can expand it. Expand it where? <laughs> it was so bizarre, that conversation. And then, of course, when the superintendent of school says, you pay me to make these decisions, and he may run the county or he may make this uh, go on the radio, but I'm the one to make the decision. Who are you going to listen to? You know, it was yeah. a crazy time because you had to still go to work after opposing this, regardless of the fact you're the county executive. And my brother was either the school board president or a member of the board. I can't remember which at the time. And we were going against him. But he knew. I mean, he, you know, I thought it was in the wrong location. And I come to Northfield every day, as you know, very, very near where that school was going. It just didn't belong at such a busy intersection. Then it made the parking necessary to be across the street. That's not ideal either. There would have been plenty of parking if they had chosen the other alternative. It's just one of those missed opportunities we'll never get back. This is what we said. You know, you're going to put it here, and it's going to remain here. And unfortunately, things are going to get worse with the congestion. And this is another thing they took away from those kids. They don't have a neighborhood school. Yeah. You know, you can't ride your bike across the Shore Road or across New Road. and come. You had so many accesses uh, between uh, Tilton Road and uh, and Mill Road for that school to be built there, and you wouldn't have had to build school gra- uh, playgrounds right across the street was Birch Grove. Hey, listen, we fought the good fight, and yeah. there's not a person now that doesn't agree with what we did. Unfortunately, we weren't, weren't successful. That's true, it, and it hurts, too, because when you agree later, when it's too late, because the money's spent, the school was there, it is now what it is, uh, it's it's a booby prize to hear, hey, you were right, but um, just a shame, and it's a shame for the generations to come in the future. Dennis, I think you're going to love to take a bite out of this next topic that I want to put onto the floor, and I go back, and you're going to love it again as a history teacher and a great one. The 1964 Democratic Convention was just, from an Atlantic City perspective, complete, utter, abject failure. It really shut down Atlantic City. It destroyed Atlantic City's reputation nationwide. They put the media in substandard rooms. They gave them paper towels, not even 
cloth towels. Uh, the, the rooms were substandard. The, the, the entire lack of ability to, to handle the event uh, was just disastrous. And we didn't come out of it. The old expression, you know, last one to leave Lang City, turn the lights out until the advent of casino gaming. And then it was sort of back to the future because we put all our eggs in one basket again and count on the casino industry as our leading industry statewide and certainly regionally to do everything, to carry the load, carry the tax load, the whole deal. And one of the, I'll call it Levinson doctrines, was to address the issue of diversifying our regional economy. It had never been achieved. It had been blah, 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 talked about for 100 years, but it had never been achieved. So I'm giving you the floor when we come back, county executive, to talk about the various partners beyond hospitality and tourism and casino gaming that are now uh, in the fold, all of it, FAA, NASA, General Dynamics, you name it, all these different things. When we come back, that'll be the topic with Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson, officially a candidate for re-election for county executive. It's early in the morning. On WPG Talk Radio 95.5, because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Be right back. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Uh, it's still me, 34 minutes past the hour with Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson. Three stories that you can follow right now. Further retaliation against an Atlantic City whistleblower. Read all about it on the app and on the website. Big news regarding Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson. And that's what we're chatting about this hour. And Stephen Cookies of Margate, great restaurant. Cookies awesome. Uh, one-day takeover event that Cookie is doing at a Philadelphia restaurant. We've got the story. Check it out. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Our wild week of weather continues today with chilly temperatures and our next storm system. That'll produce some pockets of rain around midday, otherwise cloudy and chilly, high temperature 44 degrees. One more push of showers coming tonight after midnight. Fog is likely as temperatures rise from 40 to 50 and then 70 tomorrow, a warm day. It'll be partly sunny and dry. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I knew it would happen. It's flying by 41 minutes past the hour with Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson. His first interview since declaring his candidacy for re-election, election day, general election day, because certainly Levinson has no primary challenge. His uh, next election will be uh, General Election Day, first Tuesday, November 7th this year. For a four-year term, it would be his sixth four-year term, already the uh, all-time record holder, having held the seat now in his 23rd year. Uh, County Executive Levinson has been the county executive since the year 2000 when he succeeded uh, former Executive Dick Squires, and the rest is history. So we've been very, very fortunate in terms of the philosophy of governance that's been in place and what that means for the taxpayers. If I was speaking to Chuck Malamut and we were talking about diversification, total asset management, you know, coupled with all important asset allocation, diversification 
whenever possible, Danny, in my view, I think you share this view because you talk about it and you write about it. Uh, diversification is the name of the game. And I mentioned the in my preamble to, to setting up this topic, this question for you, that we, we just crapped the bed, literally, uh, during the 64 Democratic Convention. And it took until the advent of casino gaming for Atlantic City to get its mojo back, to become a world-class destination resort, and so on and so forth. But now we have all our eggs in one basket if we don't diversify in the casino industry before it was non-casino hotels and people visiting, you know, for the piers and all these different things and shops. Now we have not only the leading industry, the casino industry, but I think we can intellectually honestly say, Dennis, that, and you can state this at the county level, you have worked on diversification, haven't you? Very much so, Harry. In fact, uh, that, in my opinion, is the future of this area. Uh, gaming, the competition is going to be so strong in, from New York and possibly North Jersey. We have to make sure that this area can not only survive but thrive. And the diversification is one way to do it, not putting all your eggs in one basket. And uh, I mean, your, your financial advisor will tell you the same thing. So why in this county have we never moved forward? Well, I took a shot. You know, it's easy to take a shot with other people's money. And when I first figured, uh, why not take advantage of the FAA and our airport? Our under underutilized airport and the premier testing facility in the world. So we put together an idea that will build an aviation park. So when this started, because it was fairly costly, questions were, "Well, who are your tenants? We don't have any tenants, and it's almost to build it and they will come" type of mentality, and. Uh, we did, and we were extraordinarily successful. We're now breaking ground for a second building, and if it wasn't for COVID, we'd be breaking ground for a third building. But that's uh, it's, it is it had happened, and it did set us back. But with that, in our first building, we have NASA there, NASA. Uh, the FAA is over there. The National Institute of Aerospace is over there. We have Wolpert Engineering, Thunderbolts there, General Dynamics. This is what we have here in our county, and we're building upon it. And we're going to keep people here after they graduate from college or come back here after they graduate from college. We're going to have good, solid, six-figure jobs here in the county. This is just the beginning, and they want to come here. People want to come out. You know, in the beginning, they said, well, you know, you don't have an educated workforce. Well, what do we do? A few years ago, we turned a uh, Votech into ACIT to teach these things that uh, the, the modern world wants. You know, it's, it's, we still do beauty culture, and we still do uh, small motors, but we also, you want to uh, uh, be an air traffic controller? You know, we'll take care of that. Got a simulator over there now for the kids. So... It's here. We, we accomplished what many people felt would never occur, and even the naysayers. Uh, and in the beginning, we did have people that wanted to rent the space, but I made it clear it's got to be aviation-oriented. So uh, what did we learn from? We learned from the best, Emery Riddle. Mm. The 
and they came here. They're interested in this. So we're, we're pretty pleased with what's occurring. And look, this has been uh, my tenure as county executive. You, you look what we have accomplished. I mean, making Atlantic City into a, a college town. True. We did it. Atlantic County. Not the state. Not even, you know, when I said, we'll finance it. Our money didn't cost us two cents. And now we, we have Atlanta County, uh, Atlantic City as a college town. Which and, and by the way, I want to get the last break in so we have a nice long segment when we come back, about nine minutes. That is all true. We have written about that at length. You had a state that basically broke as a joke, did not have the, the, the credit worthiness to be able to do it. Stockton couldn't do it. I mean, my goodness, they, they, they were hemorrhaging with the showboat and everything. And it was, even though they didn't give Denny a gold shovel, at, which was a, a, a disgrace at the, the groundbreaking, it was the County of Atlantic and its credit worthiness that was able to make it happen. It's absolutely, it's not a candidate bragging about some kind of nonsense. I mean, that's absolutely true. When we come back, County Executive... This, in my estimation, and you know, this is this is my wheelhouse, too. I've been doing this now 31 years. I study these races like a scientist. This is one of the strongest Republican tickets that I can recall. Palestina, Guardian, Swift, Levinson, Risley, a county commissioner candidate to still be decided and then down ballot. I want to talk to you about your um, your slate. And this is what I know. And I could do this like like a math equation. When you're on the ballot, it always ends with Atlanta County Republicans having a very good election year. That's not an accident. We'll be back with Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson. More on the Hurley in the Morning program after this. Barkley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Scientists in the UK are now proposing rationing food, gas, and other necessities in order to save Mother Earth. They claim this would help the countries to slash their greenhouse gas emissions rapidly and fairly. Mm-hmm. That's complete nonsense. If we just give saying. up meat, gas, and electricity, we'll be fine. <laughs> Barkley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Let's do this. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's number one talk station. I need 15 minutes and we've only got six. So we're going to do it in a lightning round format. But I've got to share this. Margie wrote in during the break when Robert and, and Denny knows that's our son was in high school. Denny Levinson told people on your radio show. This is 18 years ago to start to look at math and science. That's how forward-looking Danny was when he said there will be jobs in aviation by the time your son graduates from college and beyond. I remember, this is Margie, I remember telling Robert's friends that one day, if you guys want to be air traffic controllers or you're interested in the sciences, you know by the time you guys come back from college, there's going to be opportunities and look at what happened. Everything that Danny said came true. It's a pretty cool history lesson there, Danny. Wow, bless her heart. I, I know. That's uh that I only you know when you forget something, but if somebody reminds you you have memories of it again, I only remember it because Margie brought it up. I would have never thought to mention that. All right, let's do this in the five minutes that we have. Lightning round. Uh Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Dom Purdy 
I throw this at you because you are the Republican dean in Atlanta County, your assessment of Chairman Purdy. It's, you know, I will say I was a little skeptical. and I, Not a lot, a little skeptical. And uh, I've never seen anybody work as hard or enjoy being uh, politically involved for no pay than, than Don Purdy. Uh, he's everywhere, goes to all the meetings, and, uh, you know, he's tied in. He touches base with everybody. I'm, uh, I'm very, very pleased and uh, uh, somewhat surprised, as, as others have, of the, uh, the extraordinary job he has done. Good. He came in cold yep. and uh, picked up. Things were going well. And I will say this, uh, if he could improve upon something we've been very successful with, Don has. He also showed Keith a lot of respect uh, in that transition, which people don't always do. I was impressed with the way Keith handled it, with the way that Don handled it, everyone. Your assessment, a quick minute on Senator Palestina. Uh, listen, Vince is in a, in a tough spot. He's in the minority, but he's being heard. Like right now, he's kind of uh, carrying the ball along with Vince Sarah and, uh, and, uh, against these, uh, these windmills. And all you know, with the ones that want them, they're not saying no windmills. What they're saying is, let's make sure before we jump into this thing that everything is uh, on the up and up. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, the company should have done their due diligence. These things should have been answered first, not to go to it now. And it's a problem. Uh, but uh, you know, people of goodwill that want to stand together, which I believe is happening right now, uh, we will get that study that makes us confident that. The windmills, and I, would, uh, I do want to thank uh, uh, Vince Palestine. It would be a lot easier for him uh, to go along than to uh, either remain silent or uh, he's, he's fighting it. And Danny, of course, he flipped the uh, prosecutor that was going to go a different direction. That was a big win for Atlanta County and all the judicial appointments and other things. He's he's off to a, a tremendous start. Final two minutes. Palestina, Guardian, Swift, Levinson, Risley, a county commissioner. Uh, nominee to be decided still, and then down ballot. What is your assessment of the ticket? Well, this is the year to run. Last year was the second best year, and this year is uh, probably the best year to run for a Republican here in Atlantic County. Uh, but, you know, as I tell everybody, no mistakes. And I believe it would be Senator Oz right now in Pennsylvania if he didn't say that stupid, uh, if a woman wants an abortion, she has to uh, go through her doctor and the state legislature. Yeah. I mean, the state legislature is going to decide? What a dumb thing for anybody, uh, let alone a doctor, to say. And, and he lost. He was a winner. Yeah. So if you don't make mistakes, and I do believe this, the people I'm running with, uh, it is one of the best tickets I've ever seen. I know that. And I'm, I'm very uh, confident about it. We're under, uh, Denny, we're under a minute. I want to get this in because when we think about you've run five times, this will be six. At least two of them, you had no opponent. One of them, I, I think it was like almost like a dropout situation, almost like three. And it's been, I don't want to say token because that's unfair to living, breathing humans that, that are running and running hard. But you, um, you seem to discourage the type of serious challenger that most people would get. That is a compliment. I'm trying. It's a little clumsy, but it is a compliment. 30 seconds. Your thoughts about that? 
you know, when people run for office, they they run on issues. In other words, if you're running nationally, you talk about the uh, the border, you talk about inflation, you talk about it, gas prices. Somebody wants to run against Denny Levinson here in Atlanta County. What are you running on? Gee, he shouldn't have saved Boscos and kept 250 people working. He shouldn't have put defibrillators in every emergency vehicle. Danny, hold on. Let's do station ID, and I'll give you a quick minute to close. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. We'll go to the news. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. I am thrilled to report that my friend John Walters is here And what I love about the time that we spend together is John's in the business of helping people. I mean, we all should be that fulfilled in what we do. I feel that way with what we do. And I know John feels that way in terms of what he does. And I have to say, I'm especially jazzed up for today's program because I know he's going to be talking about a lot of different things. But one of the topics, one of the main topics is going to be how important the reverse mortgage is in terms of basically a retirement planning tool. Like a, I call it, and my friend Joe, who introduced me to John, called it a, sort of your own home pension. So I love this topic. Uh, and it is everything that, that John says it is in terms of a reverse mortgage being a financial retirement tool and john joins us now john welcome to your program thank you very much harry i appreciate that and i appreciate the intro and i'm excited for today i am i've got a lot of information good and i i wanted to share a couple things with you uh what's interesting i started a little bit over i don't know almost about a year and a quarter uh with you harry and when i started out uh it was scary. I wasn't sure how to uh, how to approach this and how it would go. And I just want to tell you, it's been almost a year and a quarter. And I had friends of mine that at the beginning uh, kind of critiqued me and, uh, uh, and actually have been helpful. And what I want to share, I've been using these people as far as ideas. These friends of mine are all uh, of retirement age or are retired. And they bring up topics to me, and they ask me to expound upon them. And one of the things that we're going to talk about for a little bit has to do with the line of credit. And the funny part about that was last week after the show, a friend of mine, his name is Fran. He's probably listening right now. He wanted me to be more specific about the line of credit growth and how it grows. So... I have a couple examples that I'm going to talk about in a few moments, but I wanted to touch on a couple of other things at the moment. Uh, As you know, Harry, we're all getting older day by day. And right now I just received, or I've been reading in the Washington Post, where it says that right now 17% of the people in the United States are 65 years old or older. Mm. Uh, 17%. And when I read that, I think about the reverse mortgage and I think about 
people are, 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 first of all, as far as longevity is concerned, people are living longer. A lot of them didn't expect to live as long as they are. And at the same time, one of the concerns is, am I going to have enough money for retirement? Or am I going to have enough money to be able to take care of the things that I want to do? So I think this is vitally important. I just want to add to this. But they said right now it's about 17% of people are 65 years old or older. And this represents about 55.7 million people in the United States right now. And what's interesting, they project that this is going to jump to over 80 million people by the year 2040. So <laughs> I hate to say this, I'm not trying to be an over on this, but I'm thinking about this product and I'm so excited because I'm going, you know how many people that I could help out there that qualify for this particular program? And uh, th that's the thing that's vitally important for people to understand. This is one of the few programs that's age-based, it's geared for person, it's geared for people of retirement age. And what I mean by that is, yes, you can't, uh, you have to originate at the age of 62, but you should start thinking about this before then and put your ducks in a row. And as I share with Harry, prior preparation prevents poor performance mm. and that's vitally important. So, this program is here. It's going to be around for a long time. Well over a million people have gotten it with refinances and purchases. But if you're a homeowner, and and somebody asked me this question the other day, is a reverse mortgage for everybody? And I said, absolutely not. It's not for everybody. Just like any other financial product or program, if it's a stock, bond, mutual fund, not every financial product fits every person. There has to be a fit. And uh, that's what's very important. And that's one of the things that I take pride in is, is being able to take this program and fit uh, the people that I'm working with. And if it's not a fit, I'm going to tell you that it's not a fit. So I wanted to share that one with you. Harry, any, anything that comments about as far as age is concerned? Well, a big comment on age, because even with COVID knocking it down a little bit, uh, men and women are living longer than ever. You need to be able to plan for retirement. You know, in the old days when the model was set up, you could collect at 65. You, you only wound up collecting for several years if you were lucky. Uh, now you may collect for 30 years or more, Social Security or whatever uh, the case might be, your pension. So in terms of how the reverse mortgage comes into play, I think based on longevity, what do they call it in, um, in your business, cohort survival stuff, uh, it's a big deal. This can be the difference between being able to stay in your home and living comfortable through your retirement years, which, God willing, will be extended like never before. That, that immediately comes to my mind, and I think it's a strength of your program in that regard. Yeah, and, and the other thing, Harry, is, you know, being in the you know, financial area, and, and, and it's occurring right now, as we know that the financial markets have been very fragile. Yep. And people have been watching their portfolio or they've been watching their IRA or whatever it may be. And now is not a time to liquidate or take money out. 
if you have an option or a choice, is to be able to do something else. Because when and, and by the way, let me comment on that because if Chuck Malamut were here, he would be seconding your emotion, uh, and I would uh, you know call it for a vote on on the floor because if you draw now, if you get scared, you cash out now, you you lock in your losses. This way, if you have other reserves to pull from, you can give your portfolio time to recover. I mean, yesterday, for example, uh, the Dow lost all its gains for all of 2023 in one swoop. Well, you know, that's not the day you want to start panic selling. But if you don't have anywhere else to draw from, people are forced to make some very tough decisions, John. Yes. And, and, and that's why, and, and today's focus is on the line of credit. Yeah. When somebody has a line of credit, what we have to understand is uh, there are some people that use this as a strategy where they have a line of credit, they let the growth feature work, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the bottom line is I have a few individuals right now that, that are fairly well off. They, they have money invested in things like that. And when they want to tap... Uh, if they need some money, instead of tapping into their investment right now with a concern of a sequence of return risk, is that they'll go into their line of credit with the reverse mortgage and use those funds, which uh, in replacement of what they immediately need. And many times what they'll do is they'll pay that back or they don't have to pay it back. But that's what the great option is about the program. So the idea behind it is to allow it to grow. Yep. So I think that, that that is vitally important. And as a matter of fact, I think that I'm going to bring in, I'm moving things around a little bit, Harry, but uh, I want to bring, uh, share with you with, with, which what is called the case study. And, this and, and, and John, let's do the case study right after the break. We're approaching 16 minutes past the hour. Case study. There's the tease. Right back to that with John Walters after this. A reminder, if you have any questions whatsoever, and please approach this, that no question is a, is a, is a dumb question or anything like that. Uh, John loves to talk to you. If you have any questions about what a reverse mortgage really is, call my friend John Walters at 609-231-4924. I'll repeat 609-231-4924. You'll be pleased that you did. We'll be right back with John Walters all about reverse mortgages. After this, with John, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 22 minutes past the hour. John Walters is talking all about reverse mortgages. And, John, right before the first break, you were going to go to your case study. Time is yours. Thank you. Yeah, uh, today, as you know, Harry, we're talking about the line of credit and how it can be used as a retirement tool. And I have this case study here that I'm showing, which is an actual loan that was done. And the people's uh, situation happened to be this. It was a married couple, both were 68 years of age. They have a $525,000 home with no mortgage. They have a pension income and they have $500,000 in portfolio assets. And the question is, can a reverse mortgage help them better meet 
their retirement goals. So they wound up doing it, and I want to share something with you about this. What's important is for people to understand that this particular program fits a wide variety of people. It's not a needs-based program. It's not a program that fits one particular class of people. This is a program that uh, this particular product comes down to how it fits the situation. So with the Davies, what we did was we established a line of credit. And what they were looking for was to take a line of credit after they understood how it worked. So I explained, I explained in reference to this, and of course, this is not their name. Uh, what I explained about the line of credit was the importance of the growth feature. And what I mean by the growth feature is each month, whatever you have in your line of credit, it is going to grow by the interest rate for that particular month. And 0.5%, what the 0.5 represents is that is the insurance that's on the loan. Right now, it's about 7%. Give you an idea. So if you had $100,000 in your line of credit, this month, there would be 7% added to that line of credit. And what it does, it gives you additional borrowing power as time goes on. But in speaking to... Uh, in speaking to the Davies, what was quite interesting was their complete understanding of different financial markets. And in this case was I went through with them with their particular home. And this is based on today's rates was that if they put a line, if they started with a line of credit right now, uh, their line of credit would be based on their home value of 621000 would be about 200, actually it's 294000 In five years, that would grow to 300 and from 68 to 73 would be 354000 Wow. At age 70, at 75 would be 427000 John, John, hence when you talk about on your program, that it's not it's not just an upsell it's not just you know a sales tactic or shtick you don't you don't play in that space you're about what's right for the persons that is proof that do it when you don't need it because look at the potential that has to grow that's phenomenal john yes and let, let's talk about that. So what we're saying is that uh, whatever is in the line of credit is going to compound on a monthly basis. And as I shared, I want to make sure you understand this. The line of credit is what you borrow from. Yeah. The amount of borrowing power increases in time. That's what we're trying to share with you. But if we take a look at these numbers, Harry, over a 20-year period, I want you to think about the options that the Davies have. First of all, let's take this. The lot, first of all, the reverse mortgage, once you get a reverse mortgage, you never have to re-qualify for reverse mortgage again. Vitally important, especially for people that are of retirement age, because as you know, you try to go into the bank, get a line of credit, uh, you're going to have a debt-to-income problem. Many people are going to have a debt-to-income problem. Not just that, this particular loan is insured by the FHA, which means that the funds that are available to them are insured by the FHA. And the compound growth 
is part of the mortgage that, that, that we're talking about here. So the line of credit can be used in many different ways. So let me, let, let me just give you an example with the Davies. So we, they start out with this line of credit and they don't, you know, and they're at 68 years of age. They have $294,000 that's sitting in there. And let's move ahead 10 years or at the age of 75, excuse me. They started 68. We're going to go to the age 75. There's $427,000 that is there. Wow. Let's say for the sake of discussion, let's say for the sake of discussion, they have two children and they want to help their kids out. Uh, they have an option. They can use the line of credit if they choose to, or if they want to use their assets that they can. But the important word that I'm trying to share with you is the word option. Yep. They have an option of going a couple different directions. The second thing is, let's say they get to age 75, and all of a sudden they want to increase the, their income stream. Then I can change the plan where we can have a partial line of credit and also an income stream of, let's say, $1,000 a month or 1500 whatever they have available to them. The flexibility is amazing. John, could you also tell your listeners, because when people think about credit lines, and I know we, we have an amazing audience of people that have had credit lines, they've had, you know, second mortgages and different things. Many times, depending on the instrument and depending on the terms, you're required each year to pay back the line of credit. If you had a $100,000 line of credit and you spend it down, you have to return it to 100000 Then the bank either renews it or they talk to you about, you know, where you're going steps forward. This line of credit, you don't ever have to make a payment. You can if you want, but you don't have to ever make a payment. It puts this in a really special category, doesn't it, John? Yes, Harry, that's why I like you. You always bring something in that I forgot that I can add to. My man. <laughs> the, yeah. So when we talk about lines of credit, when you go into the bank to get a line of credit, okay, let's say you qualify for a line of credit, uh, two things occur. First of all, it's going to be an adjustable rate. Mm -hmm. The second thing that happens is it's normally, in normally interest only for the first 10 years. And then what happens at the end of 10 years, they do what's called recasting the loan. Recasting the loan means now what we're going to do is that you took the interest only, and now what we're going to do is we're going to amortize it with the interest and the principal over X amount of years. Normally, the payment will triple. I will tell you, Harry, how many times I have sat with people in reference to this who got a line, actually didn't have a first mortgage. They actually got a line of credit as their uh, t total mortgage. Didn't pay, they paid interest only. At the end of 10 years, they got a letter saying, okay, your payment now has been tripled. And I had somebody lose their house oh. because they couldn't make the payment. Or let me put it this way, they didn't have to. Uh, they had other options, but they, it, it just put them in a corner. I will tell you, in reference to this right now, I am I am working with. Uh, actually, I um, I have a, a way of getting leads uh, from companies of people that have lines of credit that are expiring, mm -hmm. 
And 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 what happens is this is a great vehicle to get them out of that situation. They can pay that credit line off, and now they're in a situation where they don't have triple triple monthly payment or anything scary like that. That is huge in cases like that. Huge. And at the same time, Harry, what they can do, they can still make monthly payments if they want to, yes. if they choose to. I, I, I stress that because it's really important because a lot of people think, okay, well, it's, I'm not going to make a payment. My debt's going to accumulate too fast. Well, it depends. There's a lot of different factors that are involved there. But the important thing is, is to anybody that has debt right now, and I'm going to talk about credit cards in a few moments, but if we take a look at somebody that has a line of credit that's expiring or close to expiring, even within a year or two, uh, you should look into the aspect of flipping it into a reverse mortgage as an option. Of course, we'd have to look at everything. But the idea behind it is uh, if, if it's 10 years later and you're 10 years older and you're not working or you have fixed income, uh, that might put a real crimp into your style. No, no doubt about it. John, let's get the halftime break in. We're just a, just a tad before halftime because fortunately we have those amazing six minutes those bonus six minutes before brian kilmeade where most programs had already signed off six minutes earlier so this works out very very well so at 32 minutes past the hour we're just under halftime uh we're going to come right back and john's going to talk about credit cards because you can only imagine and the fed just said that they're going to raise interest rates higher than 25 basis points so i think another 50 basis points are coming when you look at what happens, it's it's causation. You look at what happens, Fed funds rate goes up, all these different rates go up. And um, John will share with you uh, the impact of credit cards, the average credit card interest rate, and all of that as his program continues. Right after this, it's John Walters, all about real of all about reverse mortgages with Hurley in the morning. We'll be right back. Here's my friend. Brian Kilmeade, who, by the way, will be our featured keynote speaker at our annual charity dinner on Friday, September 29th at Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City. It is going to be epic. We're going to absolutely pack the Ocean Ballroom. It's going to be wonderful. Here's Brian. Brian Kilmeade here. Coming up on the Wednesday edition of the show, senior writer of the New York Post, Michael Kaplan, will be here. We'll talk about the deadly path of fentanyl from China to Mexico to maybe your living room. And Dr. Drew Pinsky will be here live and in studio. Lots to talk about. He'll maybe do examination on me. All that and more and the latest on the president's trip to Poland and whether he'll give Ukraine everything it needs to win or just not lose. All coming up. Wednesday edition, Brian Kilmeade, Joe. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 8,000. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 38 minutes past the hour with John Walters talking all about reverse mortgages. John, you were going to get into the uh, area of credit cards. Time is yours. Thanks, Harry. Uh, Before, I just want to cover something that we were just talking about. I had another example when we were talking about the line of credit and the importance that it plays a part of. I I have a brother that lives in Florida and and we had a conversation. He lives a, uh, he's older. He lives extremely well. And his, he listened to the show and he says to me, John, he goes, you know, 
you can have a great retirement if you don't have any debt. And I, I started to think about that. Uh, and if you have revolving debt, installment debt, you got to take a look at that so that you can leverage your position to be in a better position with retirement. And establishing a line of credit is one of those ways that you can do it. Now, just to, uh, and this is for my man, Franny Block, because he asked me to do this. But I'm using an example of $350,000 per house based on today's interest rates. Somebody has the house paid off, and I'm giving this as an example. They would establish a line of credit for $99,000. I'm just going to use round numbers. In five years, that line of credit, based on today's rates, would be at $141,000. Ten years, $207,000. And in 20 years, $413,000. So what we're saying is it's a motivator to keep the line of credit as much as you can, unless you need to use the funds. But I want you to think about uh, if you don't have a retirement, if you're thinking about long-term care, uh, one of the ways that you can uh, take care of that or address that is with a line of credit, is establishing it at 62. Don't touch it for 20 years. You always have access to it. You don't need to requalify for it. They can't take it from you. They can't shut it down or close it out like they can a line of credit. I mean, it is, it is extremely, especially in today's world, when we talk about something, uh, you know, there's no guarantees with anything. But this is the closest thing that I can think of in the financial world as a guarantee. That's that's what I'll put down. So, Harry, I just wanted to share that about sure. that yeah. before we go on to our yep. credit card. Very important. Good uh, enough. Yes. Now, uh, so I'm moving on to credit cards, Harry, for a reason. Because uh, a big portion, I should say, uh, over the years, credit cards have played a danger to a lot of people. Yeah, John, John, quick quick preamble, because we covered this uh, with Chuck Malamut yesterday. It's so fresh in my mind, and it's something we cover a lot on this program because of what's going on, you know, $9 a dozen eggs, uh, everything, energy, all, all this uh, runaway inflation. We are now inching it's it's right now very close to 9.9 billion we're almost at a trillion dollars in credit card debt that makes that an epidemic john this this portion of your program is so very important because this can help a lot of folks who have been charging gasoline if they heat their homes with oil uh, food things that you never needed to put on your credit card before people are using their credit cards and racking them up, and it gets, as you know, it gets very stressful. Typically, you're paying off just minimum on each card. You're making no headway in terms of the principal. You're getting close to the end of the um, the credit limit, and it's a serious problem. Uh, thank you for the opportunity just to uh, add some, you know, commentary there. And uh, time is yours to take it away from here. Yeah, now I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. That's one of the reasons I am. I brought this to the table. Um, so I, I was going through some of my financial magazines and I was reading, and this actually came from the Forbes advisor on, on credit cards, because I don't think Harry, that the average person knows 
what happens when their credit card, as far as what they're paying on their credit cards, what the interest is and what the impact is until it's too late. And what I wanted and what I wanted to share for those of you that have a own a home, have a lot of credit card debt or installment debt or revolving debt. You need to get out from underneath it. Okay. And what I, and, and the reason I say that it, if not, it's just going to compound itself. And I, I wanted to share this with the listening audience because most people don't understand uh, the credit card industry. I, except, you know, we all got credit cards and there's interest being charged. So let me share some methodology with you about this. Uh, the average credit card interest rates are calculated from a database of 250 credit cards uh, in the United States. So what they do is they take the average of all of them. Now, I want, you, I, I want to be uh, for you to understand. We understand that if you have great credit, uh, you have low debt to income, all those parameters, uh, you could have a much lower interest rate. We're talking about the average. And what I wanted to tell you that the credit card industry divides uh, what interest you're being charged into five different classes. And the first class, which is the lowest, or I shouldn't say the lowest, I should say, uh, let me start with the deep, what they call deep subprime. This is, if you have a credit score of 579 or below, the average interest rate on a credit card is 24%. Wow. Now, it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of in today's market, Harry, that interest on a credit card can be 25 to 30%. And, and you would think that there would be some law against that, but there isn't. If we go up to subprime, which is a credit score of 580 to 669, the, the interest nationally is 22 to 24%. Prime rate, if you have a credit score from 670 to 739, 20 to 22%. And we, we move up from there to what we call the subprime, which is 740 and above, 16 to 18%. But even that rate is extremely high. Uh, I know that, that uh, on a national level, and you wonder why the debt is really bad, because it's compounding so fast, Harry. It's yeah. compounding so fast. And in this example, I want to share something with you about... Incidentally, and you know this, John, um, let's continue this right after the break so we have a nice uh, amount of time in our final segment. It's already the final break. We're at 45 minutes past the hour. I want to add, I want to double down on John Walter's commentary about the credit cards. Now imagine you're getting really tight and you're even having trouble making the minimum payment on all these different credit cards that you've either maxed out or nearly maxed out. Uh, imagine if you are even 30 days late. doesn't have to be 30. They can, they can knock you if it's not there on the due date. So, you know, the 30 days is on your credit report. If you're late on a payment and say you have multiple credit cards and you're late on several of them, they will instantly, many of them, on one late pay, some have like a one-time forgiveness or something like that, and you might be okay, but you really don't want to get into that business because John can tell you 
the increase, they will skyrocket an already astronomical interest rate. If you're late on even one payment, it can happen. We'll be back with John Walters all about reverse mortgages after this with John I.M. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. You know, people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? My answer is always the same. I tell them, you've got to check out my good friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Let me tell you why. They have over 200 models to choose from in both rimfire and centerfire calibers. They have their brand new 9mm semi-automatic carbine called the Henry Homesteader. By the way, one of my personal favorites. Now, it's ideal for home, property, business protection. And you can check it out by going to their website, henryusa.com. While you're there, you get a free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you live. And check them out yourself. These are all top quality American-made firearms that are affordable, accurate, and reliable right out of the box. And when you buy a Henry, it'll be backed by their lifetime satisfaction guarantee and their award-winning customer service with experts who can help you. If you're in the market for a high-quality American-made firearm, make sure you go to henryusa.com, get your free catalog decals, and a list of dealers where you are. You will love this company. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 51, almost 52 minutes past the hour. Let's make it count. So we have until the top of the hour, plus six minutes, and then right on to Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Let me take this opportunity to just reset. If you've missed any of this, when we upload the podcast later today, you can download it because this has been a very important episode of John's program. John Walters, all about reverse mortgages. He has talked about the importance of the reverse mortgage as a financial retirement tool, the strategy of utilizing the line of credit and its um, very attractive growth feature. He's talked about seasoned citizens and beyond. He's been talking about, in the last segment, credit cards, which we're going to continue. I slipped in there real quick uh, as sort of a point of emphasis, John, that if you're ever, it's bad enough, your current circumstances, but if it gets to the point now where you're late paying some of these bills, the it's going to become even more expensive. Well, that's exactly correct. And as a matter of fact, uh, with the reverse mortgage and uh when I'm working with people, they ask me about, is there a qualification? I said, yeah, there's a qualification different than the forward world. But one of the things that we check, vitally important, is if their taxes and insurance have been paid on time for the past 24 consecutive months. Now, you can understand why that's important, because this is an FHA insured loan. They want to make sure the loan is is taken care of. And if people are late on their taxes and their insurance, one of the things that we do is might be called a LISA, life expectancy set aside, which means we would use a portion of their funds to escrow to pay their tax insurance for them. Uh, a lot of people do this voluntarily, and some people might be mandated to do it depending on how they pay. Same thing with, uh, revol- with uh, revolving debt, which is credit cards. So uh, as far as being late, it can affect you with a reverse mortgage in a way. may not knock you away from uh, getting a reverse mortgage, but it might require the Lisa. So, Harry, you're 100% correct that they, it, they, 
I know we're, we're, we're talking about credit card debt, but any kind of debt, but especially if something is compounding. And I just wanted to share this one uh, piece here, Harry, about if two people had the same balance on their credit card of $7,500, and one person had an interest rate of 15%, and the other one had an interest rate of 20%, okay? Uh, what's interesting about this, the one with a 15% would actually pay their loan off two and a half, almost two, and a, two years and four months earlier than the person with the 20%. But really what the overriding thing is the interest. So a 5% difference in interest, it would go from $4,145 to $8,254. How many people realize a change in the interest rate as far as with the credit cards, what the impact could be? And so I, 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 one of the things that I that I stress most important is to get rid of the credit cards. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I mean, that could be a big part. I mean, you, if you have a mortgage of any kind left, you're paying that off. You can pay off credit card debt. You could, depending on the individual circumstance, John, you could come out of it having so much more, uh, funds available every month because you're not making a mortgage payment. You're not making the credit card payments. If that's part of what's happening in terms of getting rid of that type of debt as well, it can just change everything. Can it? Yes, exactly. I have to apologize for that. My t- my alarm went off my phone. Now that nope. I, and I, nope, no problem. Uh, it's live radio. We go, we go with it. It's not a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that, that that's vitally important. I, I had I was dealing with uh, I had to go up to Camden County and I met with a family and it turned out how about this one, Harry? There are home repair companies uh, that go into neighborhoods and what they do is they provide the financing for them. And with this particular family, it was like um, forty or fifty thousand dollars as far as home renovation was concerned. But what, what it was, the contractor was making uh, as much money, if not more, off the what they were getting on the back end from the finance company. And when I looked at this, it was like double what they were going to have to pay over a period of time. So we were able to get a reverse mortgage, pay that off, mm. so they get and sink deeper and deeper. Mm. So uh, what I like about this program, and I, Harry, as you, as you can tell, over and over again, I talk about is is the flexibility of how you can take either somebody that may have debt, they may not have debt, they may have funds, they might have a lot of investments, they're concerned about whatever it might be, uh, there's a fit for this program in so many different cases. And uh, being that we talked about longevity, I, I, I'm, I'm more excited about the product because uh, it plays a, a major role with, with what I'm doing. And, and I, I get a lot of feedback, and uh, it, it's, it's funny how different directions come along. I'm getting a lot uh, – I'm getting a well, – I say a lot. I'm getting a lot of feedback from grandparents who want to help out their grandchildren. They want to take their kids on trips or their grandkids on trips, and they just don't have the funds to do it. 
and uh, they're looking at this as a means to do that. And I, I, I get excited when I see grandparents or even parents that uh, in, in a very, uh, you know, respectful way of using funds to help out their family members. I'm not talking about using it up just to waste it. We're talking about doing something that's very worthwhile. Oh, so, yeah, no question I, about I, it. John, I've asked you this question before, and, and I think your listeners would be interested to know the answer if they haven't heard you talk about this in the past in terms of the taxes, because if you have no mortgage anymore, you're only paying your taxes. Do most of your clients, I know some of them it's structured, so they have to do an automatic payment, but you can do it even if it's not required in your particular deal. Do most people have the taxes paid through the reverse mortgage process or do most people pay their taxes, continue to pay them quarterly or however they do it on their own? Because no longer, if you don't have the mortgage anymore, you're not escrowing the way that most people do. Some people don't. I know people, John, they just don't like to escrow. I don't understand that because you get hit hard at the quarter as opposed to each month. But anyhow, that's a personal sort of taste thing. I would escrow every time. Do most? I know it's not called escrow, but it, it, it's analogous to that. Do most of your clients have the auto feature where it's taken care of and then you know the taxes are being paid? You don't have to worry about having enough at the end of the quarter and all that. How does that go typically in your world? That's an excellent question, Harry, because it is, it, it, it is in my world. And what I mean by that is instead of giving you a number, let me phrase it this way. What I find out is for the people that do it, what's called a voluntary escrow, I'm going to use that term, make it simple. Yep. A voluntary escrow are the people that are older, when I say older, uh, 70 and above, uh, take a liking to it. The ones that are younger, uh, not so much. I would say maybe 3 to 5%. Okay. But... Uh, A lot of families that I work with, when I'm meeting with them and I explain how it works, and all of a sudden, and if the adult children are involved, they'll go, Mom, Dad, you don't have to worry about your taxes insurance. They're going to be paid out for your life expectancy. Okay, if it's 91 or whatever, that's that's the amount of funds that would be used. Uh, So I, I personally think it's a great feature. Well, I, 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 I've seen it a couple of – if you take somebody – and, again, each family is different, Harry. And that's what we're talking about to fit. Every family that I meet with, some are more savvy than others. Some are less savvy than others. So, therefore, I want to take a look into that and say to somebody, you know what? Uh, you know, how do you pay your bills? Have you thought about it online? How about setting up a lease or an escrow account? Minimize – any moving parts for older people, especially if they have support as far as family or things like that. But your question is excellent because I always recommend, uh, I say always recommend, I highly recommend uh, to do the voluntary, uh, depending on the situation, because it's a no-brainer. It's going to be taken care of, have it taken care of, you know? Exactly. So that's, 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 that's vitally important. Um, 
So I just wanted to recap uh, about today a little bit. And what I wanted to focus on is that the aspect of that we're all getting older, we have an aging society. We know that there are limitations. I know we have limitations as we age. And what I mean by limitations is that uh, what's really uh, probably the biggest concern that we have are, are we going to have enough money for retirement? Are we going to have enough money for old age? Are we going to have enough funds? Can we do long-term care? And I just wanted to share something with you. I was talking to Rich Gerber from Gerber Insurance. I had a, uh, was speaking to him. I'm going to have him back on the show to talk about a specific age with this whole life long-term care. And I'm going to do the line of credit with the reverse side to side so we can show how this is basically how I work with referral partners. If they're elder law attorneys, estate planners, is find out what these moving pieces are and what's going to be the best fit for people. So that's going to be on the March 8th show, Harry. I just figure I would add that. But, Terrific. Uh, uh, yeah. So... Harry, as you know... What John, I just want to interrupt you just for your planning in case there's something important that you haven't had a chance to talk about. You've got a little more than two minutes left in your program. Okay. So I just want to, as I said, my focus today was based on age, based on debt. And if you have a lot of debt, one of the things uh, I, I recommend, just give me a call and I can actually discuss over the phone. I can run numbers. Uh, we talk about the line of credit. Uh, I can t I can actually run an amortization schedule to show you how the line of credit works, how that growth feature works on it, and um, I think I think it's I think it's a winner. So uh, I think that's vitally important. Uh, the other thing is if you have specific concerns, and when I say specific concerns, I'm talking about. If it happens to be debt, if it happens to be home care, are you trying to stay in the home? Do you need home remodification? Uh, you know, I, I can go on and on in so many different areas with how this program is used. Uh, I work with a lot of the home care companies. I work with some builders that do home modification. Uh, people want to stay in their home. They need the doors wide and they need bigger hallways. Uh, how do they get the funds? The reverse mortgage is one of the ways to get those there funds. There you go. You so, know, you know, uh, bathroom remodels, grab bars, maybe going to the low profile reveals so that you don't have to step up and, and, and all these accidents that can happen can be avoided. There's many things that you can do to not only bring about comfort, but also safety. Yes. And that, and that, and that makes, uh, People feel, you know, really good that they have a vehicle that they can allow them to remain in their home. Bingo. And, uh, 30 seconds, John. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, therefore, if uh, any of, you know, for the listening audience that have been listening to me over the year that I've been on, I want you to think about, uh, feel free to give me a call, 609-231-4924. I'd be glad to answer your questions. Uh, I'd be glad to help you. Uh, I've got a website, and uh, I actually work with people with my website and put them through all the links that are on there. There's a calculator, and uh, we find it to be very beneficial. So 
uh, whatever, you know. I'm just, ha- Harry, I'm just excited that I'm on your show and I'm getting more comfortable so uh, you don't throw me off the show. No, no, you're not going anywhere. Uh, I promise you. 